You're listening to The Nerd Table, part of the CKCC Radio Family of Podcasts. Find us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hello again, friends, and welcome to The Nerd Table. As always, I am your host, Chris, and I am joined by my friend, the mighty Eric. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I am well, Eric. That kind of made you sound like a Viking. Wait, wait. You mighty Eric. I know. I mighty was like, Eric. I don't know where he's going with this, but I'll take it. But it, but it's not Eric with a K. That's the thing. That's like the Viking Eric. Oh, yeah. Eric with the C. You know, the, the correct way to spell it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this, this week's episode of The Nerd Table is a special crossover episode with... Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk, my other podcast here on CKCC Radio. The plan is to do a couple of crossovers among our shows. We're going to cross-pollinate, if you will, which is a very, very uh, awkward way of saying that. But very as awkward. I, but I'm still saying it anyway. So to join us for this episode, my podcasting co-host for the last seven and a half years over on Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk, we've done... Almost 400 episodes together on that format, as well as a run of a show called Talk and Talkies. We have streamed together. We've recorded YouTube content together. He is my OG podcast host. Please welcome to the nerd table, fan of the show, and friend of mine, Dan Peck. There's the applause and the the the, the whoop whoops and the weep weeps. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll edit those in. I guess I'll, I'll edit that in. <laughs> <laughs> you will not. That that would be hilarious. Yeah, I don't have that. an applause track anywhere. Generic crowd applause. Yeah. So I have to get used to calling somebody Eric because that's my father's name, and I've never called him Eric. You can call me Dad. That's fine. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> All right, uh, this, Eddie. this got awkward real fast. Well, that's the whole point of the show, right? So yeah, got, no, that's we, fine. We got, we got, so I have flower pollen in my bee booty right now. Bringing it over to the nerd table. Yeah, you took you actually took the heat off of me with the cross pollination reference by going for straight up daddy. So yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're if we welcome. Can make this any more awkward, we can. Uh, before we get to the bulk of the show, of course, I want to give shout outs to all the other great content on CKCC Radio. I also want to give a special. Hype notice to our friend Jeff Trelowitz, who will be joining the show next week, if the schedule permits. And he just recorded a big interview for his show, Real Paranormal Talk, again, here on CKCC Radio. He reviewed an OG Ghost Hunter. That's right, y'all. An OG Ghost Hunter. Anybody watch the original run of Ghost Hunters when it was around? Uh I, I did shortly. I, I watched a couple of episodes, and uh, they never found anything, so I stopped watching. Uh, I mean, but no, I found, I found the show. Stuff? Yeah, they, they, they kind of got stuff, but like not the ones that I've watched. The ones that I've watched, they're like, oh, no, it's, you know, a cat. And I'm like, oh, well, fuck oh. that cat. Why'd you release this episode? <laughs> oh. Well, it's also, they also debunk. But yes, yeah. uh, Dustin Parry, who was part of the original show will be featured here on CKCC Radio in an interview with Jeff. He uh, told me that the interview went very well. So I hope you guys enjoy listening to that. And as far as all the other shows go, make sure you check them out. You've already know the link. I've told it a bunch of times. 
And don't forget about our partner shows, including the Blake and Sal show featured on IMDb and the United We Fan podcast, which I will be guesting on in a few weeks time to discuss Treehouse of Horror Simpsons episodes. Mm. So you can check actually, out all that fun stuff. I actually have a shout out this uh, this week. Please do. Uh, yeah, to, to my friend uh, Nessa. Uh, she she's actually a Twitch streamer. She uh, she streams mostly like uh, Animal Crossing, Among Us, and, and that kind of stuff. And uh, she started listening to the show, and she's been giving me some feedback, and she really enjoys it. And I just want to say thanks, thanks for listening. Uh, and if you're if you're interested in, in watching her stream, it's uh, Jedi Nessie uh, on Twitch. It's it's talking. Um, she's the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, like yeah it's basically like it's a it's a watching. picture of the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, Je- Jedi Nessie. <laughs> and it was about that time I noticed this Twitch streamer was seven stories tall and resembled the creature from the Paleolithic era. It was the goddamn Loch Ness monster. I was so scared. I said, "What you want, monster?" Well, if you're during September, you're. <laughs> I need. I need. I need, I need about tree fitting. Only about tree fitting. I need about tree fitting new subscribers. <laughs> oh look at that cute little girl scout there and i then i realized she was very big <laughs> um yeah but actually you know uh katie another shout out to katie uh katie is very familiar with nessa she used to be our manager when we worked at the great movie red r.i.p gmr i know it was my favorite attraction yeah, and sometimes it's my one. least favorite attraction, depending on the day. <laughs> well, like I always said, I absolutely loved working at the safari, but some days I absolutely hated it, depending on how the animals were acting. Yeah. And that's uh, like... Replace animals with, like, you know, guests, and, and that's how I felt. Is that really that far off, though? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've I've worked at these parks. They li- some of them literally do shit wherever they please. I have seen it. Yeah, and it's, I I've yeah. seen it too. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah like, really Dan is on, my name. on carpet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Skipper Dan. That's right. Skipper Dan is here. You've heard you've heard that Weird Al song. I, I have not. He has a song called Skipper Dan. It's one of his originals where it's all about a guy who went to school to be a big theater major and basically spending the rest of his life working at the Jungle Cruise. You have to hear it. It's not a bad gig. I'd like to work at the Jungle Cruise. Yes, but it makes it sound like he wants to kill himself. So maybe for him, it was a bad gig. Uh, it's It's a great song. Look that up. Weird Al Skipper Dan. It's got a video on YouTube, so you can look it up on YouTube. It's one of those uh, ones he does. It's an animated video, but it's very entertaining. And yes, they do reference the backside of water. I mean, you have to. For anybody who doesn't know Disney, they're like, what the hell is that? That's like so the Dan, infamous- <laughs> yeah. uh, this, this is our, our first interaction. Uh, but like, have you worked at Disney at all? No, I've never even been. You've never been to Disney? Oh, we have so many stories for you. I've heard most of them because I've been a friend of Chris's for 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> he's heard he's heard a lot of them as they were happening. <laughs> <laughs> the story unfolds live. Yeah, every story he's told on the show I have heard before so far. 
<laughs> Especially the, did you see that girl's ass? Yes, well, that was... <laughs> I laughed. I laughed about that for weeks after that happened, and I still laugh about it today. And that was like 2009 when that happens. I'm still laughing about it. Um, I have a, uh, I have a very small story that pertains halfway to wrestling and Universal's Harry Potter ride at the same time. But one of the few wrestling fan coworkers I had comes up to me in the break room and goes, "Shake my hand." I'm like, what? He goes, shake my hand now. And I awkwardly like, do you like the handshake? I'm like, is this a prank or something? He goes, no, but I just shook Shawn Michaels' hand and now so did you. I was like, oh, okay. You see the, the macho man reluctant handshake where you're literally holding your wrist and extending it? It's like your right hand doesn't want to do the handshake, but your left hand's making the handshake happen. It's almost like a, it's like a partnership kind of thing, but you're not, you're, yeah, you're grasping each other's wrists instead of the hand. Oh, which the I, bro shake. Which I guess isn't so bad. I mean, in, in, in 2020, that's probably a better way to shake hands than actually shake hands. What's supposed to bump elbows? <laughs> uh, I've done that, too. Yes. Eric, okay, this is actually a good story. Eric, this will... I know you don't have a lot of knowledge in wrestling, but have you ever heard of the worker handshake before? I have not, no. So at all wrestling shows, you are required to greet every single person that works there with a handshake. Although it's not an actual like handshake handshake. It's more of a you guys kind of clasp hands for a quick second and release. There's not even like pressure. It's just like the worker handshake. It's like a, a dap, then a full on handshake. Yeah, it, you're basically and then you're just like, hey, I'm Chris. And they go, hey, I'm Eric. And then you move on to the next person. And it's funny when the guy's like a somewhat well-known wrestler like Stevie Richards, who I know hardcore fans will know. Obviously, casual may not be familiar with him. But it was funny when I worked the show with him and he's just like, hey, I'm Stevie, with his super raspy voice. As if I, A, didn't know who he was, and B, I'm also well aware his real name isn't Stevie, but that's fine. You can (laughs) greet me however you want. Whatever, Michael. Yeah, hey, Michael. Well, I'm not going to do that. That's disrespectful. So to do this crossover episode, we're going to talk about pro wrestlers who have appeared in mainstream media. We're going to talk about mainstream media celebrities who've appeared in pro wrestling as some wrestling related content here. But we're going to make sure that you guys aren't bored if you don't have knowledge of wrestling. And I will take the time to not going to like mansplain shit to anybody, but I will make sure to clarify who some of these people are. And we'll give a little bit of history. Dan's really good with wrestling history, so he can kind of help me out with that stuff, especially if I start to blank on something, because he knows he knows a lot more obscure stuff. He knows his Japan history, too. Oh, sure, just set me up, why don't you? <laughs> uh, so, Eric, let's let's kick it off by just asking you, what in pro wrestling are you actually knowledgeable at? And don't say, oh, it's fake. Because I'll mean, just turn the show off right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so... What I know about wrestling is uh, I, I used to watch it as a kid somewhat. Like, it was very infrequent, right? So, I didn't have cable, so I didn't see any of, like, the pay-per-view fights or anything like that. Um, but my friends around me watched it, and whenever I would go over to their house and it was on, we'd watch that before we, like, play whatever games we were going to play. So, I'm, I'm kind of familiar with uh, certain characters, but I don't know, like, stories or anything like that. So, obviously, The Undertaker, uh, Undertaker Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, uh, Rey Mysterio, like, 
think of like early 1990s uh, people and I'm pretty familiar with them. Now, I have heard of some of the newer people like, uh, well, newer, <laughs> they're probably not even there anymore, but I stumbled upon wrestling again. I want to say when we started like becoming friends. So like Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho, like that era, I guess. And then Vince McMahon, who I thought was acting this entire time, <laughs> ends up not being an actor. Um, <clears throat> but that that's as far as like the knowledge that I know. I know of those people and that's it, basically. Yeah. So like... Like, obviously, you know, all the big names who've crossed over, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. The, but yeah. you actually know, you know, a bit more diversity than some people do. Like, not even though Kurt Angle was in Olympic wrestler and won a gold medal at the night. With a broken freaking neck. Uh, that he points out all the time because his neck was broken when he did it. Oh my god! But like, but some people don't even know that much. So you do, and I think that's the thing, right? Is like, as a kid, I discovered wrestling because I had a friend who would watch it, and what he did for his birthday that year was we didn't watch the whole pay per view, but we watched WrestleMania three, and we watched the Hulk Hogan Andre the Giant match, and he wanted all his friends to watch it because he said it was the coolest thing he'd ever seen, and at the time that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen because. Hulk Hogan picked up Andre the Giant and body slammed him. In front, front of how many Hulkamania? Well, when... <laughs> so, yeah. So, Eric, the, the story is that this happened in the Pontiac Silverdome in Michigan, which actually would not be that far from where you're living now. No, no, it is not. I actually, I think I drive by it every once in a while. Yeah, the building still exists because they've tried to blow it up several times and have yeah, failed they, every time. They can't blow it up. <laughs> it won't go down. But, uh... They had about 78,000 people in attendance, but they had this strategy where they would inflate their numbers to something that would still be kind of realistic. So they would tell everybody it was 93,000, and that became the infamous statistic to beat, right, is we have 93,000 people in attendance here. And while that's – 78 is not a number to sneeze at. That's a very impressive number of people to have in your building. But, you know, they always had to exaggerate their numbers. But then Hulk Hogan starts telling the story and he's a master exaggerator. So we've twisted the story in that there were actually 93 million Hulkamaniacs in the Pontiac Silverdome <laughs> that night. And every time we tell the story and Hulk Hogan style, the number always goes up because Hogan was a master exaggerator. You know, I believe Hogan it. A 10 inch penis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Terry Bollea does not. Yes. Eric, do you know that story? I do not when Hulk, know. When Hulk Hogan was on trial? What was that for, the specific trial? I the think that tape, right? was the sex tape. Yeah, it was when he was taken yes. down. Uh, he, what's his face? He Bubba the Love Sponge? No, the 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 website that... Oh, uh, oh God, I can't remember the name of that website. It doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, but there was a website that leaked Hulk Hogan's sex tape, so he sued them. And he got the he got the whole site taken down. But the man said, and remember, this is in front of a jury. Under oath. Under oath. He actually claimed that it couldn't have been him. It had to be Hulk Hogan, because Hulk Hogan has a 10-inch penis, but Terry Balea, which is his real name, does not. He said that shit under oath. Okay. 
when it comes crashing down, it hurts inside. I don't. I can't even. I don't even have a comment for that, <laughs> brother, dude. Yeah, brother. Oh, yeah. Man. So some some professional wrestlers are notorious liars, which is also what makes it so entertaining. But like, it's also like that swag to be that character, right? It's just like, yeah. Imagine you got a big old dick. But this is also the same company that'll like they they want everybody to play that character. And they don't want to break kayfabe, which is the industry term for staying in character. So, like, to explain, if you approach Dwayne Johnson while he was The Rock and he was acting like The Rock in front of you, he was keeping kayfabe, making it seem like he's that character all the time. He did but if famously character- did in his autobiography. Yes, which he said sucked ass. Because <laughs> he wrote the whole thing in the third person as The Rock. I would have been upset about that, too. Yeah, he actually put out an autobiography where he claimed that, like, he's been The Rock since he was, like, six years old. And... Talking about trying to whip some guy's candy ass for holding up his father for more money at a show. I feel like... (laughs) I feel like that would be very disappointing to read. Because I'd be... I'm genuinely interested in, like, the real lives of these people. So the last thing I want to hear is you trying to be in character and be funny the whole time. Because some of their autobiographies are very entertaining because they're, they literally are funny people. Like Chris Jericho and Edge each put out an autobiography that you could tell that they wrote themselves because they're cracking jokes, but they're still telling the real story. So, yeah, um, let's let's kick off our wrestler crossover with nerd shit by talking about the big Hollywood cheese himself now, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's now the highest grossing actor currently in Hollywood because he's he does all the big action movies, which gets all the all the attention and all the money. He he's actually not even had, in the MCU. No. But he's going to be Black Adam. That's been confirmed. And <laughs> speaking of the Jungle Cruise, they're making that Jungle Cruise movie and he's in that. <laughs> he's so Dan. I feel like we all know that he's made a lot of movies, but what, in your opinion, is his most underrated movie? That is a very good question. If I had to look for an actual underrated rock movie, I would go all the way back to the beginning and pick his first major role, which was The Rundown. That's exactly what I picked. The Rundown was amazing. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. It was was Great comedy action movie. He had great chemistry with Sean William Scott, who also proved that even though Stifler is a dumbass, he can still do other comedic stuff. And the villain's Christopher Walken. That's just awesome. Yeah. And the reason I would pick it for underrated is just because it was known for being his first role, but nobody talks about it anymore. Because it's, you know, it came out in 2003. It was his first real thing. And then... You know, here comes Walking Tall and Be Cool, and he made all that stuff. And then people were talking about that stuff, and they stopped talking about the rundown. And then as he released more stuff, we stopped talking about more. So, but yeah, I think uh, I I very much enjoyed that movie. And I would recommend that if you can find a copy of it. It's an early rock movie, so he is still kind of finding himself, but he can be a very good, serious actor. 
He's not Dwayne yet either when they made that. No, I think he was still going as The Rock. That's what IMDb says. So, okay, so here's a trivia question. How many Dwayne Johnson The Rock movies has Dan seen? <laughs> I'm going to say two. At least two. I'm going to guess three. I'm going to guess three. Uh, your uh, price is writing me. No, someone should have price is writing harder because the answer is one, and it was the very first one. It is the Mummy Returns. <laughs> That's Damn. it. That's the only one. Wow. That's the only one I've seen, and I love him. He's my favorite wrestler ever. <laughs> you, Man, you, you got to see these uh, movies then. You got some filmography <laughs> to catch up on. <laughs> So I really like The Mummy Returns. I think it's a really fun sequel to The Mummy, and I do really like The Mummy movie. Oh, yeah, My, the end, the CGI. <laughs> but the CGI giant scorpion monster rock is so awful. It's and so like bad. I okay, I get it. It's 2001. We're still we're still figuring out how to make CGI like that look good. But they didn't even. I feel like they just didn't even try. It was their intern. Their intern did that. And uh, you know what else happened in 2001? <laughs> WCW died. The, the first Lord of the Rings movie. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. There's your basis of comparison right there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's an un. Uh, that's not a fair comparison given the budgets for probably both those films. <laughs> probably not, but uh, that's a whole episode in itself. We should do. We should do that whole episode based on the actual. We should do a uh, a regular version of the nerd table for that, and then an extended cut. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and then make people have to have to buy both copies to get the whole film. Um. So I have not seen The Rock's entire filmography, but I'll quickly go through stuff that I have seen that I did enjoy. Mummy Returns is one of them. I've never actually seen The Scorpion King in its entirety, but I do know that what I have seen of it, I enjoyed. It seems like it's it's not mummy levels, but it's still fun. Of course, I mentioned the rundown. I have not seen the entire movie Doom, but I definitely have seen some of it, enough to comment about how shitty it is. Uh, specifically, it's... This is a spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen Doom, but The Rock dies, and as he's dying, he whine, he complains to the camera that he can't die because he's the main character. And I actually kind of giggled about that. And Carl Urban's in that movie, too, and it was still bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched the part where they do, where whatever character gets the gas, and they start doing the first-person perspective, so they can capitalize on what Doom was. And I'm just like, all right, I get it, but I'm not digging this anymore. And then that was the end of my run watching Doom. More proof, although we'll get to this a little bit later, that uh, some video games do not make good movies, like most of them. However, there is an exception also featuring The Rock that I'll get to as I go down the list here. I attempted to watch Southland Tales because it had Sarah Michelle Gellar in it, and I ended up getting bored within the first, like, 20 minutes and turning it off. I don't know if I'm ever going to try to finish that, but it did not get off to a good start. Also got shit reviews, so maybe I dodged a bullet there. Um, has anybody seen the Get Smart remake with Steve Carell that The Rock mm. is in? No, I have not. 
I, I should just say, has Eric seen this? Because Dan already established he hasn't seen any of these. So, and I'm a big Get Smart fan from back in the day too, because they were re-showing it when I was a kid. It's very good. It also features another wrestler, Dallas Singh, better known to wrestling fans as the Great Kali. As the who will appear in another movie we'll talk about. But yeah, the Get Smart remake is really friggin' hysterical. And it's got a great cast because it's got Steve Carell, it's got Anne Hathaway, it has Terry Crews in it, Alan Arkins in it, Terrence Stamp, James Caan, Bill Murray, Patrick Warburton. So, like, that alone should be enough to make you actually want to see this. I think it's very entertaining. Oh, yeah, David Kochner's in it, too. I forgot about that. Kochner! <laughs> it's good. It's very entertaining. Um, I enjoyed the Race to Witch Mountain remake that they did. I've never actually seen the original one, but I watched this one at because it was a Disney movie and it had The Rock in it. So I decided to give it a try. Uh, I know most people probably know it by the meme, the girl the in the news. back seat with The Rock looking back. The meme. Reaction Rock or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. But it's really good. It's a fun little romp. I have actually seen the game plan. Which was because Rock did that Gridiron Gang movie, which was like the serious football movie. And then he released the. I think, it, yeah, it was a Disney film. He did the mm-hmm. Disney film with the little girl where he's the dad. And it's a it's a football film, but it's a comedy. And I laughed. It was entertaining. Nothing to write home about as far as comedies go, but very enjoyable. So that's another one I would recommend. <clears throat> uh, I watched Planet 51 because I was into the idea of, you know, animated films and The Rock was in it. Uh, Unfortunately, it wasn't very good. It has a good concept where Rock is the the astronaut who lands on the alien homeworld, and it's basically they're us and he's the alien, and it's basically the story of the reaction to it. It has a really good promising plot, but ends up being pretty disappointing. So... I unfortunately will not recommend that one. I have not seen Tooth Fairy and do not plan to see Tooth Fairy. Uh, and isn't, isn't that the one where... No, no, no. I'm thinking of another movie. I, I think there's one where there's like... Uh, you have to be in the light or something like that. And the Tooth Fairy is the... Darkness Falls, the worst horror right. movie ever fucking made. <laughs> I hate that movie. I hate that movie. <clears throat> Oh, I hate that movie so much, and it makes me mad just thinking about it. And and I like Emma Caulfield because I was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. I was like, oh, this can't be that bad. It's actually not a bad concept, but then it's just like, oh, it's the Tooth Fairy. And the Tooth Fairy looks really stupid. And, oh my god, this movie's so boring. Why am I still watching this? Again. Meanwhile, this Tooth Fairy movie is he is a hockey player that's like a goon. And would knock people's teeth out in fights and checks and stuff. And then he becomes the actual Tooth Fairy. Because watch Big Dwayne dressed in a tutu. That's some funny shit right there. And the movie spawned a sequel starring Larry the Cable Guy. His name is Larry. And John, if you're listening to this show, my friend John Conan, my actor buddy John Conan who I worked with at Universal. He played Lonnie at the Disaster Ride, and he's actually been in quite a few things. In fact, if you've seen It Chapter 2, he's a security guard that lets Pennywise out. John? Jeez. Uh, 
But John has been in a couple of fun roles here, and he was in Tooth Fairy 2. Muppet thing, wasn't he? Uh, no, that was oh, my friend JW, uh, was in was in Kermit's Swamp Years. Ah, uh, yes. No. Which, by the way, is the worst Muppet movie. Yes, and it's acknowledged <laughs> as being so. Uh, yeah, John Connon is a great guy, good actor, but I'm sorry, John. I know that I, I would like to watch you in more stuff, but Tooth Fairy 2 with Larry the Cable Guy is not going to happen. <laughs> not today, not tomorrow, and probably not ever. If you can just edit the movie to just be your scenes and send me that copy, I will watch that. <laughs> I'm not watching the rest of it. So we can't talk about movies with The Rock in them without mentioning the Fast and the Furious series. Although I haven't seen any of the Fast and the Furious movies with The Rock in them. Yeah, I've seen the first two, so that was before him. <laughs> but I acknowledge them. Not just that they exist, I acknowledge them. I, I know they they make a ton of money. It's a big franchise movie. Have you guys, Eric, have you seen any Fast and the Furious movies? Uh, the first two and Tokyo Drift, I think. Yes, Tokyo Drift for sure. Is Tokyo Drift but, three or four? It's the third one made, but it isn't chronologically the third movie. Oh, it's one of these series. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We're jumping all over the timeline again. But yeah, I've I've only ever seen the first Fast and the Furious movie, and I did like it. It's great to go back and watch it because it came out in 2001, and you see their their big heist are all these old TVs, tube televisions with VCRs. TV-VCR combos. That's the big heist. <laughs> so it's really funny to go back and watch that. You know, at least in Goodfellas, they were smuggling cigarettes. That's the Cigarettes still exist in 2020, but... Yeah, there's a TV VCR combo in the other room here. I used to have one. It was one of those little like it was one of those portable ones that you could plug into your cigarette lighter in your car and have a TV for the ride. Jeez. And I totally watch stuff on long car rides. I remember I actually watched <coughs> Empire Strikes Back on a car ride to DC. Family fellas, car ride to DC. Fellas, we're we're aging ourselves. We are aging ourselves. <laughs> <Everybody>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but we're all you needed the the cassette adapter so you can actually like play the music through the audio uh, through the audio speakers in your car. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh man. Yeah, I had until I got my new car. I had one of those, and it was it was from a Sirius XM radio, which I also used to have, but no longer have. Are they still a thing? Do they still? Yeah. 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 In fact. uh this this always makes me mad. At my job, because I work on the shipping side of the warehouse, we have the standard radio with the antenna, and everybody's always putting on the, the 70s and 80s station, which is fine. I like that music, but it plays the same shit all the time. But the guy in receiving has Sirius XM and hooked it up on his side, so when you walk over there, he's actually got, like, the metal station on, playing all the good stuff that I want to listen to. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm here. the Mad Dog Radio. You're, you're walking by, and on, on my side, you hear, Should have been gone after all. I'm like, oh, heard this song already eight times today. Or, Little Diddy, that Jack and Diane. Like, up, oh, heard this song already today. I walk over on the other side, and I hear, Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> I need to come work on this side. And that's the cool thing about satellite radio is they have entire stations dedicated to like decades of music so if you just want to listen to 90s music 
the 90s on 9 was the station. Stations 4 through 9 were decade music from the 40s to the 90s, so you could just listen to whatever you wanted. Or you can go to Channel 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio, listen to Pat McAfee show between noon and 3 p.m. I did not do that. I did discover the uh, the the station that played scores from movies. Yes. I remember I put it on the one day I was driving home from school and put the station on. They were playing the Finding Nemo score. The whole thing. like the enti- It was basically the entire movie in score form. Because I had a half hour drive from the community college back to my house. And it was still playing the same thing when I got back. I was like, damn, they're going for the whole movie here. Wow. I do kind of miss satellite radio, and my my new car is equipped for it. But it's another one of those subscription things that I just can't afford right now. So. I feel like they need to team up with the cable companies and something. It's that way, like if you're already paying for cable, you you get the satellite radio for free or whatever. Uh, one of one of the satellite companies gets you it. <clears throat> yeah, I think I have heard that. It's Dish or Direct, one of them. Good old or Dish or at Direct. least a phone company because. That'd be a pretty good deal too. You know, I should Team contact Cricket because like I have Cricket. So, so I should contact them and be like, "Hey, can you guys work a deal out with SiriusXM Radio? Because I will totally <laughs> remain a subscriber for life if you do that." Yeah, I mean, how much is it? It's like five bucks, isn't it, or something? It's, it's something I stupid it's cheap. Twelve, 12 I think. And maybe, maybe there's like a six dollar plan, but I'm almost positive I remember it being like twelve bucks. But I'm already paying for that for Spotify. Yeah. which is like my own satellite radio so I don't see the point of having both right but, and then uh, uh, yeah. Howard Stern is still doing his thing on there too yeah probably as as that's like the only place that will take him because he's not politically correct at all and then well, he was well, the first big get back in the day that was the big thing <laughs> yeah. with Sirius Sirius had Stern and XM had Opie and Anthony they were the big shock jocks that were competing. So you got one or the other based on which which of the shock jocks you were a fan of. And then now they're just the same company. Yeah, <laughs> they just merged, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, like, I have to mention this for The Rock's filmography, even though he's not in the movie very long. But the other guys, the Will Ferrell movie, where he's the ridiculous cop, uh, The Rock and Samuel L. Jackson play like the hotshot cops in the studio. And at the beginning of the movie, they're about to to get on the scene and they race to the top of the building. And they're like, what do we do now? We aim for the bushes. And the two of them jump off the building while they play There Goes My Hero from Foo Fighters. And they just <laughs> collide on the pavement and die. It's fucking hysterical because there were no bushes at all. They just dive <laughs> off the building and are dead. And now Will Ferrell's got to fill the role as this awful cop. The Other Guys is actually a really funny movie. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. And I know some people will scoff at Will Ferrell. And that's fine. I Trust me, I get it. But I enjoyed it. Did Eric see G.I. Joe Retaliation? No. It had the rock in it. Did you see the first G.I. Joe movie? No. <laughs> okay. So the reason I have not seen this one is because I watched the first G.I. Joe movie and did not enjoy it. Isn't this one where, like, all the guys from the first movie die in the opening scene and then Roadblock, played by Dwayne, has to build a new team or whatever, and that's the whole point? I think that's the whole thing, yeah. Is they basically, they kill everybody off and then... Hold up. 
they made a sequel to a movie where they killed off every single character and they're like now this is the sequel no they killed them in the sequel they killed them in the sequel which yeah. they probably recorded in the first movie in case this shit happens probably <laughs> so it's just like oh well guess we're going with the new team and, and roadblock is barely a side character in main gi joe but he's the main character because it's Dwayne. Dwayne, yeah <laughs> ray park is in it okay yeah. i like ray park good old darth maul he's in it and toad if you want to go that direction yeah but i'll i'll take uh finally we will have our revenge I have four lines. I must deliver all of them. And then Dan's actually watching the Clone Wars now, so he's gonna get he's gonna get real Darth Maul soon. Yeah, I literally just see him. Yeah, you're getting you're getting close. Darth Maul is really good in the Clone Wars. Like and you Sam Witwer is the voice of him in the cartoons, so it's gonna be cool. Uh, you watch him in the freaking in freaking Phantom Menace, and you're like, this character sucks ass. He does nothing. He just looks scary. The best description I ever heard was that. They said Count Dooku was like the guy at the head of the of the dinner table telling all the stories and making everybody laugh with witty with witty dinner banter. And Darth Maul was the weird kid that was sitting like five seats down who was licking his plate clean. They said that was the comparison between Darth Maul and Count Dooku. <laughs> and it's kind of not wrong if you just base it off the movies. But then when he shows up in Clone Wars, he's just as eloquent and just as just as fear fearsome because he's got that he's got that super soft-spoken voice but then he when he gets mad he gets very mad yeah, he's such keep a watching clone wars. Man. it's great keep watching clone wars it's great all right uh what other rock movies can i even talk about oh yeah uh the disaster movie san andreas which was actually pretty entertaining it's a is that the one where like film. They like uh, the world's falling apart or something like that, and they like fly off in this plane or whatever. It's like everything's falling. I'm thinking of something else, aren't I? I have no idea. I didn't see it. You are probably thinking of the scene from 2012 when they're trying to, they're taking off in and they're flying through LA and the LA's yeah. literally falling apart. But San Andreas right. is kind of the same thing, and the rocks in a helicopter. So I don't blame you for. Before <laughs> missing this part, all I remember is the poster debate about because the poster is like him jumping off a building to another building, and everyone's like, "The trajectory is all wrong. He's not going to make it." And everyone drawing lines on the thing. Oh God! About I think I think that might have been for that skyscraper movie, but yes, you are correct. That did happen, and it was just as ridiculous as it sounds. <laughs> And I'm just it's, it's like Neil deGrasse Tyson dunking on movies that take place in space. I'm like, Jesus Christ, just enjoy the movie. Well, he does. He does enjoy them. But then he he has fun debunking them, too. He said that himself. Yeah, he, he has fun them. being a, a, a no fun asshole. <laughs> well, so do I. <laughs> so, <laughs> I so like and I are on equal ground. <laughs> I like taking science and destroying someone else's enjoyment. <laughs> I was like, yeah. it's a stupid yuck, yuck movie for two hours it's a popcorn flick and speaking of popcorn flicks rampage one of the better video game movies ever made because honestly i haven't seen it 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 didn't try to be anything it wasn't it was they it was three creatures gets exposed to some kind of alien radiation 
which is why they grow so big and become vengeful and they're all being triggered by something. And the rock is buddies with the gorilla. But the uh, the movie is actually not bad. It's a decent monster disaster film. Let them fight. Yeah, basically. Uh, I have not seen the new Jumanji films, although I actually have been told by multiple people that I would enjoy them. They're actually pretty good. It's got a good cast. It's got a cast I like. And I think Kevin Hart's kind of overrated, but... Yeah, but with Dwayne, he's always pretty good. Usually, yeah. And Karen Gillan. And Jablinski. Yeah, great. But my favorite rock movie out there, above and beyond, is the last one I'm going to talk about, and that's Moana. Easily my favorite rock movie. Because he oh, is... Okay. Her- I, I get that. <clears throat> well, it's a great movie. It's a great Disney movie. It's in my top 10 Disney films. For those of you guys who have heard my Chris Ranks the Universe miniseries that I did earlier this year. Did a six-part series with Mark Adams from United We Fan and Jeff Trelawitz from Real Paranormal and Ranking Tracks. And I ranked every one of those Disney animated films from least favorite to favorite. And Moana's in the top 10. I love that movie. And The Rock is perfect as Maui the Demigod. And he sings, and it's not awful. Yeah, as a matter of fact, what he has to say about you putting this movie over is, you're welcome. <laughs> so, and then the only... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, 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 I'll continue. I, I, we're still on the, the rock thing, because I wanted to list a couple of... Th- what I did to find some movies with wrestlers in it. Well, I only have one more rock thing to point out. And it's not a movie, but he appeared on an episode of that 70s show that I want to talk about. Yes, he played his father... Yes, his father, Rocky Johnson. So for for any of you guys who don't actually know The Rock's history as a wrestler, he's a third-generation wrestler. His grandfather on his mother's side was High Chief Peter Maivia, a huge star. was in a movie because he played an assassin in a James Bond movie. Yes, yes, he did. (laughs) He's in one scene, he tries to kill Bond, Bond kills him instead. (laughs) That's true, that is a thing that happened. But yes, he is. Uh, it's funny because I I was actually going to mention the uh, the James Bond connection a little later on. Oh, there is a James Bond connection in there with yeah, there a is. guy named Big Dave. Not even that one. Oh, there's also one. yep. There's also the other one too. My goodness, there's wrestlers all up in James Bonds. <laughs> yeah, there is, yeah. But um, Peter Maivia's daughter married pro wrestler Rocky Johnson who made all kinds of waves for the African-American community. I believe him and Tony Atlas were the first black tag team champions of all time. I'm not at, least, at least at least WWF. Yeah, at least in, in Vince McMahon's company. So The Rock, with his Samoan and black heritage, became a third-generation star. He debuted in the WWF under the name Rocky Maivia as a tribute to his father, Rocky Johnson, and his grandfather, Peter Maivia. His gimmick, Eric, you're going to love this, was that he was a blue chipper, which means basically he's the uh, the young prospect and he's a very nice guy. So he was his instructions were to go out there and smile and be nice and smile and do the high five, kiss, kiss, <laughs> ha- kiss hands and shake babies and all that stuff like and 
the, he came out right at the time that Steve Austin got big as an anti-hero. So people hated this good guy character and started chanting die Rocky die at him. Wow. So he did not get off to a very good start there. <laughs> and then he turned into a bad guy. A heel is the wrestling vernacular for that. He became a heel. He led a group of militants called the Nation of Domination, which consisted of other black wrestlers that didn't have a lot of direction at the time. So Ron Simmons, Mark Henry, D'Lo Brown, and eventually Owen Hart, who was decisively not black, but he was in it. But that was at the point where he had fully taken over from Farouk. So yeah, and he became he became the breakout star. And he started referring to himself in the third person and just became a giant asshole. And that was something fans could relate to. And he became one of the top three biggest stars in pro wrestling history, other than Steve Austin and Hulk Hogan. And there you go. That's the monkey crap. And The Rock debuted in like 1997 and his full-time career ended in 2002. That's all the time he needed to become one of the biggest stars ever. It's not like he was around forever. You're welcome. Give him a lot of credit for that. There's a lot of people who, uh, like, so what I did when I was looking for movies was I just put, you know, wrestlers in movies and stuff like that. And there's a big ass list. And and all the, I literally looked for uh, people that I knew in what movies they did. And the list that I got was fucking terrible. Fucking terrible. So Kurt Angle. One Sharknado two, and then Chris Jericho in Sharknado three. Sharknado three. I was like, "What the (laughs) fuck is going on here? Can they not pick better movies?" And Chris Jericho plays a ride attendant at the Rip Ride Rocket at Universal that they actually shot at that ride, and he even wears the the costume and everything that ugly orange shirt that they wore, which apparently is very comfortable from what I've been told. But comfortable, comfortable comfortable. <laughs> and um, Kurt Angle was a fire chief. <laughs> in the yep. And but there's a bunch of... <laughs> there's there's bunch one of person that... There's one person that actually stuck out to me and I couldn't figure out who he was. Um, so this is like early 90s. Do you know of Big Sky? Big Sky From- movie? Uh, no, no, Big Sky, wrestler, WCW. Uh, not off the top of my head, no. I want to say it was like Google 1990. Oh, Tyler Maine, the guy that Tyler was... Tyler Maine. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, yeah. I Sabertooth. Know yeah, he's yeah. Sabertooth in the first X-Men movie. Yeah. And uh, he, I think he's... Uh, He's Michael Myers now too, isn't he? And like in the remake, Rob Zombie's remake. In the Rob, yeah, I just pulled up his filmography. Yeah, he's Michael Myers in the Halloween movies. Yeah, and uh, I he also played he like I I feel like once you end in a wrestling career, you pick up in movies like really fast because I I feel like he he wasn't a wrestler that long. It was just I, I remember seeing Big Sky for like maybe a year or something like that and then immediately after he was he's like it took a, like a decade right like it took 10 fucking years <laughs> <laughs> but like later he's just in all these fucking movies uh he's also king ajax and troy yes i see that oh my god 
Well, he's appeared for he's appeared in the UWF Blackjack Brawl, which is a very infamous event. Yeah, dude was in a was he was a wrestler for only ten years. He trained in '86 and was retired in '96. He also competed as Nitron and appeared at Starcade '89 under that name and Clash of the Champions. IX is nine, right? Yes. I always I always have to think about that for a quick second. Yeah, New York Knockout in also 1989. But yeah, basically it looks like he did. Yeah, he did some WCW. He did some UWF. And then he got freaking, it looks like he got freaking cast as Sabretooth. And oh my God, he was in Joe Dirt. He was in the Scorpion King in an uncredited role. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, he was in the Devil's Rejects. So he's doing stuff. Yeah, he he literally just stopped wrestling and became a movie star, kind of like The Rock. Just not as well known and probably doesn't have even a quarter of the same amount of money. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, But he's still he's still making stuff. He's got five pre-production. Well, he's got yeah, he's got two post-production credits, one pre-production and two announced credits. So he's still doing stuff. Good for him. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the that 70 show episode with The Rock. Um, he plays his dad, and he has a really funny line because Red Foreman basically takes Eric in the back to get him his autograph because he wants Rocky Johnson's autograph so bad. And after Big Cat Ernie Ladd playing himself gets uh, uh, lets him agree to it, he goes, you know, I've got a son, and one day he's going to become the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. And Red just looks at him and goes, yeah, good luck with that. Meanwhile, on the background, Ken Shamrock with extra uh, sideburns on. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) MMA fighter and pro wrestler Ken Shamrock also appears on this episode with giant sideburns. He already has sideburns, but they full on went mutton chops for him. They they 70s up his sideburns. Wow. Damn it, Mattingly. Yeah. Gave those sideburns. (laughs) I still like him better than Steinbrenner. Simpsons fans just popped. Everybody else just went, what? <laughs> Simpsons fans get it. Simpsons uh, did it first. But yes, uh, that wraps up our portion of The Rock on this show. We want to talk about him first because he's the big star. Now I'm going to talk about not a star. Well, a big star in wrestling, not a star in movies. Hulk Hogan and oh. the shit he produced. So... Hulk Hogan has a very, very big list of movies credits, and a majority of them are utter shit, which is what's fucking hysterical. What do you mean, dude? Yes, and Hulk Hogan, Eric, you're going to love this. Hulk Hogan said this. He said this to Chris Jericho and The Rock at the same time, and they were both dumbfounded by this. The reason that he didn't become successful in Hollywood, but The Rock did, is because he had too much competition when he broke in. Because according to Hulk, if it wasn't for Schwarzenegger and Stallone and Van Damme and all those action guys, he would have been the biggest action star ever. And the only reason The Rock got it is because he had no competition. Hulk Hogan believes that in his heart. That's why... He didn't make it big. Not that he sucks ass as an actor. No, that has nothing to do with it. It took me a while 
as I was going through all his movies, because I was looking through the list to figure out which one was my favorite movie that he was in. And I've I've narrowed it down. I've got it down to the one okay. movie. Suburban Commando. No, God, no. Please don't say that. Mr. Nanny. No. 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 Muppets in Space. <laughs> oh, yes. He just shows up to torture Gonzo or whatever. Oh, that guy now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the best, best role. He was in it for like 20 seconds. That's why. Like, oh, you'll save me. He's like, I'm a bad guy now, dude. It's so awful. <laughs> of course, of course, Hulk Hogan would show up in the worst Muppet movie and somehow make it worse. Hey, that's not the worst Muppet movie. Uh, yeah, we are. It's the worst mainstream Muppet movie. It's not terrible. It's just not great. I mean, I appreciate what they were doing with for Gonzo in it. I also like how apparently every Muppet lives in a house together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, that's how... I mean, they never left the... Haven't you seen Muppet Babies? That's how it works. Yeah, they never left the house. So, my favorite Hulk Hogan role in any movie actually happened before he got that the big hot title oh, role. Thunderlips? Thunderlips and Rocky Three, I would say, is probably my favorite. And I go back and forth on which Rocky movie is my favorite. Between three and four, I like both of those the best. Nothing against one and two. I love those movies as well. But either three or four is my favorite. And I sometimes want to lean towards three because I, I think the Mr. T fight is more interesting than the Ivan Drago fight. Because the Ivan Drago fight was basically built up to just be, you know, capitalized on the Cold War. Whereas the Mr. T thing has a bit more substance to it. Again, just one opinion, but... It's been a while since I watched them. But he does the wrestler versus boxer thing, and he literally throws Rocky into the crowd. But they they must have become friends because Sylvester Stallone inducted Hulk Hogan into the WWE Hall of Fame. And he gets mad at him because it's like the classic wrestler versus boxer thing that yeah. Antonio Noki and Ali did. And, oh, yeah. Man. One of the most infamously bad matches in history was... Uh, famed Japanese wrestler and promoter Antonio Inoki took on Muhammad Ali in a wrestler versus boxer match. And Antonio Inoki basically fell down on his back and just kind of kicked at Muhammad Ali for the entire 15 rounds. It is a legendary snooze fest in professional wrestling. But he knew that was the only way he was going to win. Meanwhile, Floyd Mayweather has a match with Big Show at WrestleMania, and it's actually not awful. So stuff can translate. It just this was not the right stuff to translate. <laughs> Eric, were you aware that Hulk Hogan had a cartoon in the 80s? I'm not surprised by it, but no, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah it's called Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. And it is terribly animated, as all 80s cartoons were. Like, because there's infamously a scene where Roddy Piper's throwing a fit, and it's literally him jumping up and down, and it's just it's two, two frames. Two frames. Two frames. Him up, him down. Uh, Brad Garrett is actually the voice of Hulk Hogan on the show. Yeah. There's hold a up, hold Hulk up. Hogan show and he's not even on the show. Yeah. That's what I was getting ready to say. Are you, like, did he produce it or something? Or did he just sell his name? Or uh, I oh, guess. And James Avery, Uncle Phil, was one man gang? I think. No, Junkyard not one man Junkyard Dog, yeah. 
He was Junkyard Dog. And Charlie Adler, the voice of Ickis and the Big Heads, is Roddy Piper. Yeah. Yet nobody actually voiced themselves, but they sold their name to it because every cartoon in the 80s was designed to sell toys. All of them. So the animation quality quality could be shitty. The storylines could be implausible, and it didn't matter because they sold toys. Gotta love 80s cartoons. Uh, Yeah. the, The big infamous Hulk Hogan movie is No Holds Barred. That was like his big... That was like the big role, right? Was yeah. No Holds Barred. It was a, It was actually a wrestling-themed movie. Yes. Doesn't and even play himself. He plays a different wrestler. And plays a guy named Last beat by a guy named Zeus. Yes. It's all about him training to get ready for the rematch in a big old cage match. Tiny Lister plays Zeus. And then Tiny Lister, as Zeus, became a mainstream wrestler and had awful matches with Hulk Hogan. And then when Hogan went to WCW, here came Z-Bar. Good guy. Yeah, Z-Bar. Because, yeah, so Eric, whenever somebody would jump ship from WWF to WCW or vice versa, they couldn't always take their name with them because the one company would own the name. Like, some of them own their own shit. Like, obviously, Hulk Hogan was always Hulk Hogan. But then... Between a lawsuit with them and also with Marvel over the use of the Hulk, at one point he just became Hollywood Hogan. So, you know, sometimes he has to work with that. But some of these guys couldn't keep their own names, so when they would jump ship, they would end up with just awful names that didn't work. Like, for some reason, the big boss man became the Guardian Angel. Instead of just going back to being Big Bubba Rogers, which was his original name. But there was a big controversy with that. It was it was really stupid, but that happened quite a bit. And now that's another thing is like if a, if they sign a somewhat famous independent professional wrestler to Vince McMahon, he makes them change their name. And it's always something god awful. Sometimes oh, it's a cool sounding name, but most of the times it's just like, what are you going for? But then sometimes their wrestling name was so bad that the new name actually sounds awesome. They've signed a couple of those guys. But yeah, that's the thing that would happen. But Hulk Hogan and No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred is actually not the worst movie in the world. It's not a good movie, but it's not It's not terrible. It's a fun little thing to watch. It's cheesy acting and everything, but it's really not terrible. Suburban Commando, on the other hand, is terrible. And I know people who defend that movie. I am not one of them. I have never seen Mr. Nanny, but why would I want to watch Hulk Hogan as a nanny? Why would anybody want to watch that? See, funny, because he's a big, old, muscle-bound, manly man, and he has to take care of kids. It's funny. Yes, I am rolling right now, listening to that. (laughs) That's... But... I've never seen this movie, but I kind of want to watch it out of morbid curiosity. And that's uh, the infamous Santa with Muscles that came out in 1996. Eric, you ever heard of this one? No. Hulk Hogan plays a businessman named Blake. He's an evil millionaire. He gets amnesia after a car accident and believes that he is Hulk Hogan. 
or Hulk Hogan. Yeah, well, he still believes that. He believes he's Santa Claus. <laughs> he literally just thinks he's Santa Claus at that point and starts acting like Santa Claus. It's called Santa with Muscles. It has a 2.6 on IMDb. Wow. I didn't think you can get a below a 10, really. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Metascore. I'm thinking of Metascore. Not not <laughs> I not the IMDb oh, score. Oh, you can. <laughs> uh, you I can. You really? I I haven't seen a Metascore below ten. I I think there's like a list of things that have scored a Metascore of like zero, of like zero, like stuff that has no positivity at all. There's like a it's a small list, but I think it exists. Um. Yes, Santa with muscles. Totally, totally happened. And but there's a better muscled up Santa in another movie. Uh, the wrestler. Yeah, well, we'll get to that one. Uh, the one thing I want to say about Suburban Commando, because I kind of glossed over it, is uh, one of my all time favorite film reviews was from Roger Ebert. And he says, he said, people ask me if I ever get tired of going to the movies. And I said, no, I love movies. So I don't think of it as a job. It's more like a lucky break. But I wasn't feeling lucky the day I went to see Suburban Commando. And by the time it was over, I was like, by golly, I'm pretty tired of going to the movies. <laughs> so if you're going to make a film critic want to quit his job because your movie's that shitty, good for you. <laughs> well, and here's the review from Jay Sherman. It stinks. <laughs> <laughs> is that where you were going with that? <laughs> uh, oh, it does. What, what does Jay Sherman do? It stinks. <laughs> it stinks. <laughs> Underrated TV show. In fact, the Simpsons writer who went on to create the critic, although he doesn't have any regrets for doing it, it missed out on one of the best writing eras of the Simpsons because that's when Conan O'Brien had taken over and was making all the good shit happen. No regrets. No regrets, but yes. No uh, regrets. And there's also a movie called Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain, which I know apparently has a video game adaption to it. But Hulk he's, the, he's the bad guy. I remember the Three Ninjas movies. I, I don't remember... I remember Hulk the first Hogan one. I remember seeing the first one, but not the second one. But yeah, Hogan, uh, th- there's a couple of things that I will give Hogan some credit for. He's been on Robot Chicken a couple of times. My favorite Robot Chicken role that he did was he played Abraham Lincoln in a lightsaber duel with George W. Bush. When George W. Bush discovers he has Jedi powers <laughs> and... It's Hulk Hogan voicing Abraham Lincoln. And as they, if you strike me down, no, wait, let me finish. And Bush kills him and then goes, that'll teach you, George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> That's on the uh, the Robot Chicken Star Wars special with George W. Bush thinking he's a Jedi. Mm. And he, he does the Jedi mind trick to Laura. It's like, you're not tired. You want to have a threesome. And then when she agrees to it, he gets on the phone and goes, get me Condi. But uh, yeah. Hogan is also a voice in the Saints Row game. See now. A lucha wrestler oh, named God. Angel. Angel de la Muerte. Angel of Death. All right, that's kind of cool. But he's done a couple of robot chicken stuff. I remember he was also the giving tree, and the kid keeps asking for shit, and he's just getting frustrated. I and wonder then... if he knows. Go ahead. And, and then I think and then he also did voice himself when they did the uh, they did Hulk Hogan's heroes. They did a parody of Hogan's heroes, but it had all 80s wrestlers in it. And Roddy Piper also voiced himself on that one. Roddy I Piper wonder if he knows himself in a Saints Row game. 
I wonder if he knows he can't be taken seriously. Like, he just can't have a serious role. Everything is it's just going to be... It's just, he just has to play himself. I, I think that's all he knows how to do. <laughs> so... Yeah. I mean... Pokemonia is immortal, brother. Yeah. Sure is. <clears throat> all right. Quickly, I want to touch on the movies of John Cena. Because he's actually... He's kind of like the he's like the the center between Rock and Hogan where he's got better range than Hulk Hogan but he still makes sh- as shitty movies as Hulk Hogan and then he also can make movies as good as stuff the Rock has been in even if it's not the greatest shit in the world. He was in The Marine which was his first big role that was WWE Films very infamous attempt to create a uh movie studio this was one of their very first films i think second one second one right casino evil was first this was second maybe next time we should just go to the beach but robert patrick is the bad guy in it so i gave it a shot and my then roommate at the time in college and i were watching it and we got to the part where the entire gas station blows up and john is thrown like 50 feet from the explosion and gets up without a scratch on him to continue the pursuit of the bad guy and my roommate goes, nope, this sucks, and turned it off. And I just giggled. Because <laughs> I <agree. laughs> turned it back on and watched, proceeded to watch the rest of the movie. No, did not. Never finished it. He also started the 12 Rounds franchise, which WWE Films started doing. Uh, 12 Rounds became one of their franchise films. And every time they'd release a new one, they'd have another wrestler in it. And from what I understand, it's not that bad. But I have not seen it, so... But so I can't comment on that. But I do know that John Cena can, in fact, be a pretty decent actor. And I've seen him in one or two things that I thought wasn't terrible. Um, I know the reunion is apparently supposed to be decent. I know he has another super serious role that I can't find right now. But he appears on an episode of Parks and Rec. Yes, one of the last ones. Episodes. Yes, the uh, the Johnny Karate Super Awesome Musical Explosion show with because Chris Pratt has his the Andy Dwyer character has all these alternative people in his in his universe and Johnny Karate is one of them and because he becomes so successful after uh, Leslie kind of gets more power in the last season he gets his own like cable access show Eric, Eric I can't remember if you've seen Parks and Rec or not. Yes, yes. I haven't seen their special that they just recently released. Which is awesome and perfect in every way. I'll, I'll need to see that, but I did see the entire series. I loved everything. Season one is kind of eh, but after that, after season one. Once you Thankfully, get of- season one is like six episodes because it was yeah. a mid-season replacement show. Once you get rid of Mark Brandanowitz, yeah. the show picks up because when once... Ben Wyatt and Chris Traeger join yeah, the cast. By the end of season two, when they when they come in, it's just like... Once you get those characters, it's really good. Yeah. But yeah, John Cena appears, because he's trying to figure out who stole the guitar. And, right, Ben Wyatt's playing... What was Ben Wyatt's nerd character? It wasn't... Uh, I forget what the character name was, but... I've only seen the episode once, so... But they, but they, but they openly mock him for being ner- a nerd. And he's like, you know... Andy, it's the last episode. Can we just not do the... And he hits the boring buzzer. 
<laughs> and the whole the whole episode is somebody's gonna get dunked in the tank, or whatever, and it's gonna yeah. end up being John Cena. Because JC stole the guitar, and he thinks it's Jimmy Carter. It turns out to be John Cena, and then they they dunk him. Well, he's sitting there and he's panicking because the tarantula got loose in the studio, and he's like, "Guys, what do I do?" And then April walks over and goes, "I'll save you, John Cena," and just dunks him. <laughs> <laughs> Because April was a national treasure. April Ludgate Dwyer. April Ludgate Dwyer. But yeah, apparently John Cena's been in some comedy movies that have been really good. So, and people have actually enjoyed it. And I have not seen Bumblebee, but from what I understand, it's it's the best Transformers movie. So there well, you go. I think it's the only one with a plot. <laughs> so <laughs> no, That's not true. The first one had a plot. I'm uh-huh. selling my stuff on eBay, and my great-great-grandfather's glasses are imprinted with a location of something. And You know what? Never mind. I don't know why I'm trying to defend that movie. <laughs> they have to get oh, the Allspark, bro. Gotta get the Allspark. Yeah, shit blows up. But uh, John Cena will be appearing in The Suicide Squad. Yes. As douchey Captain America. Basically, yeah. What's the what's the character's name? Peacemaker. Yeah, and they're also they're doing an HBO Max animated series, and he will be doing the voice. Oh God, he's actually had a couple of voice roles now. So yeah, he oh. was Ferdinand and Ferdinand. Oh yeah, Ferdinand and Ferdinand, Let which me, uh... came out the same day as Star Wars. <laughs> yes, but it's okay because it's a ba- movie for babies, and those movies always do well, and how bad they are or when they come out. What was the, uh, the, he appeared in a Tina Fey, Amy Poehler movie when Force Awakens came out. I think it was, uh, Sisters, right? That was Tina. That was Tina and Amy. Yeah. And it came out the same day as The Force Awakens and Amy Poehler and Tina Fey did a viral campaign where they're like, you know, you can see both, right? Like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to the theater to see Sisters. I am going to the theater so I can see. Going to a theater to see a comedy is a risky proposition, especially now when, when no matter where you live, it's at least 10 bucks to go to the movies. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather watch my comedies at home. To me, the theater is now for uh, for the fun of the explosions and shit like that. Marvel movies. Yeah. <laughs> Just Marvel movies. Marvel and... Yeah, just superhero movies in general. <clears throat> so I have a little list here of other wrestlers who've appeared in stuff that I want to talk about. And if you guys want to add to the list, you can. We'll cover some of the big ones first. Right off the bat, I'd like to talk about the movie They Live. Okay. Have you ever seen the movie They Live? I have not. Okay. I have not seen it, but I know pretty much everything about it, so I might as well see it. You might <laughs> as well see it. This is my favorite John Carpenter movie. And I know that's like... That's saying a bit, actually. It's actually saying a bit when you consider all the other stuff he's done. Escape from New York and Halloween. and Yeah, this is definitely my favorite John Carpenter movie. So, the basic plot here is uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper and Keith David, which are the big stars. They are construction workers. And Piper finds this pair of sunglasses that when he puts them on, he sees the world for what it really is. And he sees that there's like this weird alien species or whatever they are. Aliens! (laughs) Yes, they're aliens. 
They are taking over the world. They're infiltrating humanity. They're all over the place. And you've probably seen the, the, the meme where it's the billboard. And then when you put on the glasses, it says obey, consume. It's actually a, it's actually a pretty relevant movie today. If you think about it, it's all the subliminal messaging. It's a lot of subliminal messaging. And, and then they have a famous nasty drag out fight in an alley as he's trying to get him to put the glasses on. Yes, because so Keith David won't put the glasses on. So they they, they have a brawl. Which and, gets created in a Saints Row game. <laughs> and in South Park. In they fact, literally take the, that scene out and just play it right on out. They just fight. Which is awesome. <laughs> and then South Park did that in the Cripple Fight episode with Timmy and Jimmy. Jimmy's first <laughs> appearance. Where... Timmy's upset that Jimmy's getting all the attention and he won't put the hat on. And they do a shot-for-shot remake of that fight. Is that what that's from? Yes! That's from They Live! It is one of the nastiest drag-out fights in movie history. It's so good, though. And then uh, it also has the famous line where Piper walks into the bank with the sunglasses on and the shotgun in his hand. And he goes, I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Famously taken by Duke Nukem. Yep, that Duke Nukem put that in their games. Time to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of gum. That's a franchise I wish would come back. Do you though? Because Duke Nukem Forever happened. Yeah, I, no. Yeah, but that was also it a, didn't never happen. It took twenty years to, to <laughs> finally come out. Right? Yeah. Give it to the right studio, and I'm pretty sure they can make that game come back. Give it to like people that do Deadpool kind of stuff. Want them? Doing. Yes. But yes, if you have an opportunity to see They Live, please do, because I don't think you'll be disappointed. On the other hand, if you have an opportunity to see Hell Comes to Frogtown, do not see that. <laughs> yes, that was Roddy Piper's other movie. Where he is one of the last fertile men on the planet, and they need to get him to mate with all the women, or they're going to blow up his testicles. Okay. All right. (laughs) That. (laughs) Nope. No interest in that. Are you You sure I didn't just sell you on that one? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. There's a movie that I'm looking at right now that... I actually am very interested in seeing and it's uh, I'm not sure if it has McFoley or if McFoley's the director but it's called The Peanut Butter Falcon. Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, Peanut Butter Uh, or sorry, The Peanut Yeah, no, no, The Peanut Butter Falcon. It's got a a Rotten Tomatoes score of 96%. This is what came out in uh, 2019? Yeah. Oh, God, it's got Shia LaBeouf in it. I can oh figure God, that. I saw Shia LaBeouf in the credits. <laughs> uh, Mick Foley is in it. You are correct. John Burnfall, Thomas Hayden Church, Dakota Johnson. Oh, my God. You know what? You had me at Shia LaBeouf because he's insane. Oh, actual <laughs> cannibal Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> Running from your life from Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> well, it must... Even though Mick Foley's one of the last credits in it, it's his first credit on IMDb. If you go to not his, his not his episode of G versus E. <laughs> no, it's not. 
Oh my god, yeah. Uh, that is quite a cast in that movie. For something I haven't heard of. Right? And apparently it's had a budget of like 6.2 million and it made 23.3 million. So it was it was successful. Well, I see the uh the classic uh film festival things on the thing here so on the yeah. poster. I mean it's not it's not long. It's uh it's like an hour and 40 minutes or something like that. Hour 37. Zach runs away from his care home to make his dream of becoming a wrestler come true. What the fuck? <laughs> oh my goodness. Watch on Prime Video included with Prime. I can be this movie right now. Fuck you guys. I'm going to watch Peanut Butter. Falcon. <laughs> oh, hey. All right, whatever. Go watch your Peanut Butter Falcon. We'll do our own podcast. Go have a better time <laughs> hanging with you guys. <laughs> watch our own podcast with Blackjack and Hookers. I mean, it's got great reviews and it has Mick Foley in it. Well, there you go. And it's about wrestling. I'm surprised you guys have never actually heard of it. It was the first thing that popped up I've when I typed it, in Mick Foley movie. <laughs> heard of it, but there's a couple of movies about wrestling I've never actually seen, like Backyard Dogs, which I won't see. It stars the Black Ranger. Yes, it does. I, that's about all I know about it. It's the Black Rangers in it. And they win, they win FMW contracts and go to Japan. Well, how about that? That's still not going to watch it. There's another one with a, a with like bar wrestling that has like kids, like actors who played kids in like Home Improvement and Boy Meets World. That they're like they're like kind of B list stars, but they're in it wrestling in bars. So <clears throat> unrealistic movies, by the way, because they insinuate that by wrestling in a bar or a backyard, you can make a living off of that. And as somebody who works in pro wrestling, uh. If I've walked away from a show with 20 bucks in my hand for my ring announcer duties, I considered myself lucky. Sometimes they just pay you with a handshake and a hot dog. I mean, maybe is it a good hot dog? Pizza that didn't get sold during the show. I got paid as with a cheeseburger as, one time. As, as long as it was a good hot dog or a good cheeseburger, I'm okay with that. I guess so. I hope so. Yeah, but a cheeseburger doesn't make your car get you two hours back home. <laughs> That's true, yeah, depending on yeah. how far I had to drive for the show. <laughs> All right. Who here has seen The Princess Bride? Uh, who hasn't? Yeah. Your wife doesn't <laughs> like that movie. I always remember. She did not enjoy it. No. She doesn't like really? a lot of things I do, though. So I can't really get upset about that. I don't like a lot of things she likes. So let's be fair there. Hey, everything she's made us watch ended up being pretty good, so. I did enjoy The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> she got us to watch that. So, like, Princess Bride was one of the first big examples of a huge mainstream movie with a big mainstream wrestler in it, right? Anybody want a peanut? Because it has Andre the Giant. It's Fezzik. It's Fezzik. But Princess Bride is also just a great movie in general. One of my top favorite movies it's cleverly written it's well acted it's funny as hell especially when billy crystal shows up <laughs> I'll, call the, I'll, call, I'll call the brute squad i'm on the brute squad <laughs> you are the brute squad and 
I'm still trying to understand what Wallace Shawn's character was holding over Fezzik, what Vicini had over him to make him take orders from that little shrimp. Mm. But, but sleep course, well and dream of large women. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we all know Princess Bride for the famous fight scene in that, too. It's it, You seem like a worthy man. I, it seems a shame to kill you. Or it seemed like a good fellow. Yeah. It's been, it's been a while since I've seen that movie. <clears throat> so good. I love it. It's so freaking funny. And then, uh, uh, you don't want to, you don't want to listen to this crap. This is a uh, kissy stuff. No, grandpa, I'm into it now. <laughs> Little Fred Savage. I want to listen, grandpa. He's into it now. Uh, fantastic movie. I could probably do a whole episode just on this movie and I won't spend a lot of time talking about it. But yeah, Princess Bride is Princess Bride is one of those movies that it has everything. If you want comedy, you want drama, you want good sword fighting, you want romance, you want action. You want a, has, revenge, a revenge story. Story, Yeah, it has everything. Princess Bride has everything. Rodents so. of unusual size. Yes, it does. How many other movies have rodents of unusual size? I don't know. When they're, when they're large, they seem to be what they believe it's supposed to be, so... All right, so let's talk about something else that Andre did. It wasn't a movie, but it was very influential and important. We actually talked about it on the on uh, Club Cafe a couple weeks ago. Andre played Bigfoot on the episodes of The Six Million Dollar Man. Yes, he played the Bigfoot. And Steve fights Bigfoot, and he rips his arm off, and he realizes that Bigfoot has bionics, too. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and what does that mean? I don't know. Bigfoot is a bionics experiment that led to Steve <laughs> to Steve Austin. Oh, well, yeah. And you Steve know? Austin, yeah. That was the name of the character. Yep. Stone Cold Lee Majors. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. What? Austin's been in a couple of movies, too. But... Before we get to him, because that's that's more bit stuff here, I got to talk about one of the most recent and famous examples of a wrestler crossing over into mainstream film was the day we discovered that Dave Batista was cast as Drax the Destroyer in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Yeah, so before this, he had done like the man with the iron iron fists, I think it was. Something like that. It was like a. It was a movie that was written by the RZA. Yeah, and was that the one where he's advertised as being the main star, but he's not? He's only in it for like. 10 oh minutes. no, that's Wrong Side of Town. A oh, Wrong Side of Town. He's like the he main is advertised star. as the main star, and the main star is actually Rob Van Dam, another wrestler. He is the yeah. Big Dave Batista is in two scenes. He's in a scene where Rob Van Dam's character shows up and asks him for help, and he says no. And then he's in the end scene when he actually shows up and helps. <laughs> His name was Big Ronnie. I freaking love, uh, I love Dave Batista's character as Drax. I think it's, I, I enjoyed the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. That was a franchise I didn't know a lot about. 
And I know that was like a big deal. People kept saying, yeah, it's this kind of kind of a under the radar part of Marvel that's going to get a big exposure because they're making a movie out of it. And they went for sci-fi comedy, and I think it worked really well. Again, rag, more Chris Pratt. Classic rag, ragtag group. Yeah. Oh, well, they're going to beat us. They're ragtagging it. <laughs> you know, I'm looking through this list, really well. and I really don't see... Are there any, like, female wrestlers in movies? Uh, yes, but not really anything good. Charlotte oh. Flair was the bad guy in the first Psych movie. <clears throat> That's right, she was. <clears throat> But, well, they did. They put Becky Lynch in a 12 rounds movie. Um, Lana appears in Pitch Perfect in the first scene of the Barton Bellas on stage. Yeah. With the infamous pusey. Didn't they put, um... I, the, only, yeah, the only thing that I see here is Lana Starr was makes an appearance in Iron Man. I guess it's Stan Lee's uh, girl. Uh, so possible. probably in that, in that cameo. Let me... Throat. You can throw somebody in there, I guess. I didn't, wasn't even aware of that. Yeah, why not? You need a, you need a good-looking woman. Go for one of the wrestler girls. Especially nowadays. And I mean, like we said, Summer, Summer Rae was in one of the Marine movies, right? That's right. Summer Rae was a Marine. So, yeah, a couple of them have done stuff. I, I guess Sasha Banks in The Mandalorian is going to be the big one, right? Yeah. Especially if she's actually playing a character that we already know. From Rebels, which is the the rumor, although that could also prove to be false too. Katie Sackhoff's in that too. She's yeah. actually playing her character from Clone Wars. So, who's she in Clone Wars? How, how how much Mandalorian have you gotten in Clone Wars? Uh, there's the little there's the civil strife of Mandalorian. There's the group of Mandalorians that are evil. Yes, um, you've gotten Death Watch. Yeah, I've gotten some Death Watch. Bo-Katan, the red-headed girl. Okay. That's her, yeah. That is her. I actually just had a major Death Watch episode because it's when the Separatist kid comes back and he's like, They killed my mother! And he runs away with a soap and a soap with him. Runs away and he's with the Death Watch. She I'll actually get to play her character in real life. I know people were really upset that like Ashley Eckstein wasn't going to play Ahsoka, but I still think Rosaria Dawson's going to do a great job. By the way, we're getting closer and closer. It's October now as we record this. Yeah, the thirtieth is. We one. don't have to, we don't have to wait that much longer before we get some new Mando. I'm super Mando. <laughs> no I living thing can see me without my helmet. There, there's the, yeah yeah apparently that was the big the big drama on set is that he wants to take his helmet off they're like that's I don't literally know. gonna ruin your character yeah like that's the mainstay of your character is that helmet never comes off keep your fucking helmet on <laughs> <laughs> please yeah we get it for yeah. the robot show the actor that's fine that's cool you know what? After what happens to Pedro Pascal in Game of Thrones, he should really want to keep the helmet on. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think he needs to keep the helmet on. It's <laughs> fucked up. You imagine they kill him off the same way. They just get another Mandalorian in there. <laughs> they actually bring in the mountain to play some alien. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh god. Yes, Drax and Inspector. The uh, the last Bond movie that we got, he plays Mister Hanks, one of the henchmen of Blofeld, and he gets one line. He goes shit right before he dies. Yes, Dave Batista actually proved to be really, really good as uh, Drax. Because he's got he's that- a wrestler I hated the entire time he wrestled, and then now he's one of my favorites. And I retroactively love his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you should, you guys should, you guys should fight over who's going to be the captain. Yeah, I got some pistols you can use, or would you rather use knives? Oh yes, please use knives. All right, guys, listen. This is my ship. We all know who the captain is, right? Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> I was like, I know. I'm just very still. <laughs> yeah. Or and then Mantis comes and says, "Hi, Drax." He's like, "Damn." <laughs> that joke went over his head. Nothing goes over my head. I'm too fast. I would catch it. I, I would catch it. Yes, I do. I'm extraordinarily humble. <laughs> uh, I remember that post-credit scene with uh, Howard the Duck. Oh. And I started laughing hysterically. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe they did this. Uh, you know what's a good movie that features several wrestlers and has nothing to do with wrestling itself? The remake of The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler. Have you seen that? Yes, I have. That's actually a really good movie. And they Burt Reynolds is even in it, too. Does he play the old man? Yeah. Okay. He, yeah, he's the old man this time around, instead of being the... Does he get killed? Weren't they no. uh, the guards? Like, the wrestlers were the guards or something, right? There were two wrestlers that were prisoners, and then two wrestlers were guards. Uh, the what, first prisoner was the Great Kali, was the psycho in Solitude who would play ping pong. The monk? I don't know what they call him. Yeah, I forget. They, they sorry, I'm basing this all on the uh, Guy Ritchie film... Uh, mean Machine, and it's about soccer, but it's essentially that movie. It's just in England and it's soccer. <laughs> well, there you go. So uh, that's my all, all my longest there knowledge from that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kali is a, and then the famously like, you will teach me football, and then Chris Rock's character is like, yeah, but to- as long as you don't eat me. My favorite is because uh, MMA fighter Bob Sapp is in that movie as like a simpleton, and he's like. He's like, he broke it in my nose. And they go to fix it. He goes, he did it on purpose. No, he didn't. They look over and Kali's giggling and Adam Sandler's like, okay, maybe he did. Bob and he makes him apologize to him. IWGP heavyweight champion. And when, at the end, when Adam Sandler doesn't actually double cross his team, and Kali comes up to him and goes, I am happy you're back. Now I don't have to stab you. <laughs> Uh, the other wrestler that played a uh, prisoner was Bill Goldberg. He was uh, he was the played the football. <laughs> yeah, he actually played football because he was he was a Falcon. Yep. Yeah, he was an Atlanta Falcon, and he's the one that the whole in joke was that he had a giant penis. And they're like, well, you could uh, you could tackle him, or you could just hit him over the head with your hammer. There, he's like, oh, I don't want to knock him out. <laughs> And then when he gets uh, when they're doing the practice run, he gets tackled. Oh yeah, he gets tackled by the iguana is what they call it, and he's like, "Oh God, I felt it." But yeah, that's the 
the big in joke was Goldberg's character had a giant penis. Do you know Goldberg was on an episode of Family Guy? Was he now? Yeah. Did you ever see the anthology episode they did when Peter gets Peter gets all the uh, Peter gets the three wishes, and one of the wishes is he panics and says he wishes he had no bones and turns into an amorphous blob. Yes. Yeah. That's Bill Goldberg as the guy in the bus who threatens him. He goes, I'm going to break every bone in your body. He goes, I wish I had no bones. <laughs> That's Bill Goldberg doing the voice. Mm. <laughs> uh, so Goldberg, another... also famously. Yes, please say it. Please say played it. An evil Santa Claus in Santa Slay. A movie that blew its entire budget in the opening segment with the cast that they had in the opening where he kills everybody. Do you ever hear heard of this movie? Santa's Slay, S-L-A-Y? Uh, no. Yes. Goldberg is actually an evil Santa Claus, which is hysterical because he's Jewish. Makes it all the funnier. So the opening scene has like Fran Drescher, James Caan. Chris Kattan. Uh, Chris Kattan. It like blew its entire budget on this opening five minute segment where a family's having their Christmas dinner. And he shows up and kills them all. Yeah, they literally blew the whole budget on it. But uh, the concept of the movie, and I'm not making this up, people. This is a real thing. Santa Claus is actually a demon who lost a bet to an angel and has to be good for a thousand years. Because he lost a game of curling. A game of curling, which is the big conclusive battle at the end of the movie. It is. The only reason I've seen this movie is they aired it for free on Spike TV when pro wrestling was at its height on that network. Was it the only channel you had? Because it sounds terrible. I saw it on purpose on Netflix, but I was watching with Pat and Rob and probably some other people back in the days when we had the full parties on Xbox Live. Oh, yeah. When Xbox Live, you could do Netflix parties and watch stuff together. Yeah, it's uh, that'd be really fun to do again. This is one of those things we need to riff tracks ourselves it's so bad but it's that weird kind of bad where you're still slightly entertained by how bad it is tell you what is it the room bad or like that no it's worse? not the room bad okay because i can't stand no it's it's more bad bad than anything but it's still got its it's got its moments where you're just like oh my god and you're just no i did not hit her <laughs> <laughs> oh hi mark you're not you are la- my favorite customer <laughs> you're not laughing with the movie you're laughing at the movie we'll put it that way and then yeah two of the guards were wrestlers one of them was steve austin he was the super racist guard who uses the oh, hell yeah. on his face over and over again and then they end up almost killing him and he shits his pants during the big game. I think he shit himself. I think he shit himself. And then Kevin Nash plays the guard who takes the estrogen instead of the steroids and starts acting like a feminist. And he start he starts crying and just being really like wimpy. Oh, which man, is Kevin a joke. Nash. <laughs> who was also in the Punisher movie. Yep, he was the Russian. Who gets the pot of macaroni in his face. One of the nastiest scenes. Also, he was Super Shredder. Ninja Turtles 2. Yes, he was. He was the Super Shredder. Okay, that's cool. 
And he's in the Magic Mike movies, which I've never seen. He's also in a John Wick movie, and he gets to live. So, so not a bad guy. Got it. <laughs> so, Eric, I have a story about Kevin Nash in the Punisher movie. To play the role, he had to cut his hair. And he always had really long hair. So they did an angle on Monday Night Raw where he took on Chris Jericho, who at the time still had really long hair. And they're going to do a hair versus hair match, which is usually a way to draw some money in wrestling because, oh, these guys have long hair and one of them is going to get it cut. Well, Kevin Nash shows up at the show that day when his hair dyed like a rust colored orange because he botched his own dye job. And Jericho was like, dude, what are you doing? He goes, well, since everyone thinks I'm going to lose my hair, I dyed it. So people are going to think, oh, he can't lose his hair because I dyed it. So therefore, I'm not losing. So it'll be shocking when I lose. And Jericho goes, you dyed your hair so horribly that you don't have a choice but to cut it now. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was just this horrible rust orange. <laughs> And then the best part is, I guess he'd been dyeing his hair for a while, because when they did the haircut, you saw all the gray coming out. <laughs> it happens a lot. It happened, like, when uh, David Flair beat uh, Bischoff. Yeah, Rick Flair. His hair, and you see all the grays come out from underneath. And you realize that Eric Bischoff's, like, jet black hair has always been dyed. Way to, way to just kill kill everything, guys. Jeez. <clears throat> and, then, and then if you're Steve Austin and you're losing your, your blonde curls, you just shave your head and grow a goatee and have an iconic look. You're like, oh, hell yeah. Uh, some of the other roles I want to talk about here, wrestlers who've appeared in other stuff. Uh, Steve Austin was in The Expendables. Yes, he was. And he was a bad guy. A bad, bad, bad guy. guy. Big bad guy. And? He gets killed by Randy Couture. Yes, he does. He's thrown into a pit of fire. What? <laughs> I need to watch The Expendables. They have so many like high, like high class actors in that, or action stars in that. I need to see you it. Just like turn your head off and just be like, "This is an '80s action movie team up," and just let's call it is. Yeah, it's, it's that, and that's why it's good. There's no plot. <laughs> UFC no- Hall of Famer defeats WWE Hall of Famer in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> literally killed him. Ah, uh, so that's gonna mean yeah. So that's gonna mean UFC. That's gonna get Dana White all riled up. That his UFC like, guy killed. Oh, him. UFC beat WWE. <laughs> that Good. was my thing. I was like, oh man, I can't wait till the dirt sheets finally watch this movie. Because Dana White's kind of a scumbag. Like I like UFC and everything, but Dana White's kind of scummy. <laughs> uh, and Steve Austin was also in the sequel to Grown Ups, which was not nearly as good as the first one, but he does beat up a bunch of frat boys. So it's worth it to watch that. And he does it while he's drinking a beer. Like, oh, yeah. He's literally or he's either drinking a beer or he's making out with his wife. And he's just punch, like just throwing punches to the side. And every one of them is connecting with a frat boy's face. And one <laughs> of the frat boys is Taylor Lautner, who played Jacob in the Twilight movies. So if you ever wanted to watch a Twilight actor get punched out by Steve Austin, watch Grown Ups too. You know, Austin also did his own voice on Celebrity Deathmatch back in the day. Mm-hmm. You remember Celebrity Deathmatch? I do remember it vaguely. I didn't watch it, though. Oh, I did. It was an MTV show. It was Claymation fights, and somebody always died in them. And Mills Lane was Mills Lane. For yeah, sure. Judge Mills Lane was the referee, and he did his own voice. Uh, Austin was the analyst, and he provided his own voice. And in one of them, he actually fought Vince McMahon, who did his own voice. 
I got these courtesy of the Undertaker. Yeah, he got the tombstone from the Undertaker, who also did his own voice for it. So I'll give them credit for that one. Some of them were pretty damn funny. Sometimes I hated the result, like when Weird Al took on Al Gore and Al Gore won and killed Weird Al. And I was upset by that. But I think the best one that they ever did was when they did the Loch Ness Monster versus Bigfoot. And the whole gimmick was like, we're prepared to go on the air for extra length of time to make sure that you guys will get to see this legendary bout. And they ring the bell and Nessie whips his tail and chops Bigfoot in hat. And it's over in six seconds. <laughs> and then to calm Nessie down, they bring in the most annoying sound possible. The laugh of Fran Drescher. And that's how they tame Nessie. <laughs> what the fuck? Celebrity Deathmatch was great. It was hysterical. And they always had really clever stuff that they would do, too. I remember they had Beavis and Butthead on, and at first they were their animated versions, and then they somehow got ripped into 3D, so they were claymation. But I don't think they they had Mike Judge doing the voices. I think it was still a ripoff. Uh, Vince McMahon also provided his own voice on an episode of Stripperella. <clears throat> yeah. You remember uh, that show? No, can't say that I... Have, yeah, I've well, never even heard of it. Spike TV cartoons. Right? So, yeah, you're. It, it's not at all surprising that you wouldn't have heard of Stripperella. It was a Spike TV show. It wasn't very good. Like, really wasn't the greatest thing in the world, but. Uh, but it was Pamela. It was Pamela Anderson, right? Was the. I have no idea. I got actually. I didn't watch much in the Spike TV days. Um, I missed most of Spike TV Well, the thing was, I was watching Monday Night Raw at the time, so they would advertise these shows, and they were trying to do, like, an adult an adult lineup block for... Uh... Oh, yeah, it was created by Stan Lee. Oh, oh yeah, it was a Stan Lee creation. That's right. That's why the animation was so good. Pamela Anderson, yes. It lasted well. just 13 episodes, but they would get some... Well, look at this other cast, Tom Kenny. Maurice LaMarche, Greg Proops. Yeah, all big name voice actors. Dee Bradley Baker was on a couple episodes. But yeah, Vince McMahon played Dirk McMahon. And three episodes. John Cryer was on here. Joey Lauren Adams. Oh my god, look at these. Mark Hamill. Kid Rock. <laughs> uh, Kid Rock is where we do where we killed it. Jillian Barbary, Andy Dick, Fabio yeah. was in one. Oh my So the concept of the episode is if Batman was a stripper is basically what it is. She's a vigilante crime fighter who's also a stripper. And there okay. you have that's the whole plot. That That's the whole plot. I mean, uh, it didn't last very long, but <laughs> Batman by better. day, stripper by night. <laughs> <That's> the, <laughs> but it was way better than Spike well, TV. No, it literally says. Stripper by night, superhero, Stripperello by even later. Oh, yeah, because Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was way better than their attempt to make Ren and Stimpy an adult party cartoon, which is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Do and you thank know God. what Stripperello's real name was? I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure it was funny. Erotica Jones. Oh, yeah, was her quote unquote real name. Oh, Okay. <laughs> that and doesn't sound like a stripper name at all. By the way, I can't wait to see the Vince McMahon biopic that they're working on because it's going to be as ridiculous as his life. 
and I cannot wait. Uh, some other wrestling notes. We mentioned that there have been res- more wrestler tie-ins to James Bond movies. One of the most famous was a wrestler named Tosh Togo, Harold Sakata, who appeared in Goldfinger as a character named Oddjob. You might have heard of him. You may have heard of that character. You may have heard of that character. <laughs> the best James Bond movie, one of the most iconic ones, part of the Connery era. The infamous Goldfinger. And Oddjob would kill you by whipping you with his bowler hat that had a blade on it. And then they parodied that in Austin Powers with random task. Sure. Shoe. Through a shoe. I own a horrible but still entertaining B-horror movie called WrestleManiac where a porno company goes to an abandoned town in Mexico to shoot their porn and a crazed mass wrestler played by the uncle of Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio Sr., kills these people and rips their faces off following Lucha Libre style rules. It's bad. But entertaining, nonetheless. Hmm. So I have Eric. to ask. Yeah, go ahead, please. So this this isn't really movie related, but it's been bothering me. It used to be WWF, right? Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't always WWE. Correct. Why the fuck did they change it? That is a great question. They lost the lawsuit to the World Wildlife Fund for the initials. The World Wildlife Fund scored the initials WWF, and they were forced to change their name. So instead of Federation, they became Entertainment and went to WWE. In fact, I think we're nearing the point where they've actually been WWE longer than they've been the WWF, right? Because it was 02, so... And they used to be the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, WWWF, which was what Vince McMahon's father promoted. Vince McMahon Sr. But yeah, they lost. Yeah, they lost that deal. Um, like the only lawsuit Vince McMahon has lost. Yeah, because he won the steroid scandal. I wouldn't fuck with Vince or his lawyers. What steroid scandal? Vince was had to testify in Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court, about steroid abuse in his company and could have possibly faced jail time. It was so serious that he literally had hired people to take over the company for him if he went to jail. So he he hired Jerry Jarrett to handle uh, booking, and yep. he had hired J.J. Uh, Dillon to handle uh, talent. Yep. To- okay, I, I don't know about you, but if you hire somebody to take over you for you because you think you're going to jail, that to me means like, you know, you did something wrong and you're probably going to go to jail. Well, that's the thing. He knew he did something wrong and he was expecting to. Eric, would you like to know how he got away with this? <laughs> <laughs> did the, so, okay. Yes. An ex-wrestler named Nails was his character name. Kevin, what, how do you pronounce the last name, Dan? Walklaws? Walkles? Something, Something like that. It's it's a weird last name. Uh, he testified in court, and his testimony was so aggressively angry towards Vince McMahon that they were able to get him off on the fact that his testimony they they felt like the wrestlers were just making shit up, and that they were just sour grapes. And his testimony was so vile and aggressive, instead of just presenting the facts, that 
they determined that there was no way that these guys were really that angry and they were just trying to make a buck off of him and he got acquitted he got acquitted because some guy was so fucking angry (laughs) are you fucking joking because the guy had gotten so mad at Vince behind the scenes that he actually throttled him for real and Vince fired him and he was mad about that. So his bitter ass testimony got Vince off the steroid scandal. Oh my god. Vince McMahon got away with shit that is literally still to this day killing some of these wrestlers young. And here we are. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think that's hysterical. I think oh that's my hysterical. god. That is a true story. Nothing I've said about Vince McMahon on this show or WrestleTalk has ever been fake. Like, these are real stories, guys. I can't. Like, I know that we were supposed to be talking, like, focusing on movies, but what the fuck? I want to know more about this guy. What the fuck? So, Dan and I are going to attempt to set up a story here. It's the best Vince McMahon story ever told. Unfortunately, the setup will kind of blow the punchline a little bit, but you should still laugh at it. There was a tag team back in the day, since you mentioned you know Kurt Angle. There was a point in the early 2000s where he had a tag team show up that were almost like his disciples. They were called Team Angle, and later they were known as the world's greatest tag team. Um, one of them was a wrestler named Charlie Haas, who was an All-American. He actually came from Seton Hall University. That's so very sad because his brother was with him and then he died. Yeah, his brother actually passed away. So he always had his initials on his wrist tape when he wrestled. And then there was a gentleman named Shelton Benjamin that was part of that tag team. African-American, All-American. From South Carolina, but went to Minnesota. Minnesota. He was actually Brock Lesnar's roommate in college. And they were tag team partners before they both got called up to the main show. So they did their thing with Kurt Angle and then they became the world's greatest tag team which is what they called themselves. And they were really good. I mean, they were the amateur wrestlers, so they put on very good matches. They uh, they left the company. Shelton did a lot of singles run stuff, but never really kind of came into his own. And that was always a shame because this is a guy who's like, he was so athletic, he could do this freaky shit that other people couldn't. Oh, so and- before I tell you that story, let's tell you this story. Uh, Under Armour, when they first started, they wanted Shelton Benjamin to be their... Uh, like they're a poster boy. Yeah, they so they call Vince McMahon and they go, "Hi, we're Under Armour." Blah 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 blah. We would like to do some commercials with Shelton Benjamin, and she, and Vince McMahon goes, "No, you don't want Shelton. You want someone like uh, you want like uh, John Cena." And they're like, "No, we want Shelton Benjamin. We think he his athleticism does it." Nah, you want uh, Batista? No, we want <laughs> Shelton Benjamin. Nah, you want uh. And then so they walked away and started. And now they are a humongous company. And Vince McMahon could have made billions of dollars teaming with Under Under Armour. But because he's a stupid ass. So now they they partner with Tap Out instead. Yeah. 15 years later, they they team up with Tap Out instead. Yeah. And I don't know. Didn't they get the Tap Out um, sponsorship after UFC, though? Because I could have swore Tap Out was a UFC thing. I remember when that actually came to be. I just remember they would start, they, they started doing commercials for it where all the wrestlers, they were showing like the wrestlers doing their workout routines wearing Tap Out gear. Yeah, they only went with Tap Out for like three or four years now. 
So yeah, it's pretty recent because the commercials feature a lot of the recent talent in it. But gotcha. yeah, so and I don't know if maybe that was just I don't know if that was just Vince being racist, and maybe he is, and maybe that's oh, when they famously the did the ripoff of the Super Bowl commercial, right? Oh yeah, the the, the famous Super Bowl commercial with the girl in the towel. They they did a thing with him and uh and Canadian wrestler Trish Stratus, and one of the lines was Shelton. Everybody knows that black men are attracted to white can- blonde Canadian women. Like that was actually a line. I don't know if you know this, that. Shelton, but you're a black man. <laughs> he said that to him on an in an actual scene on Monday Night Raw. He said that to him. Oh. Vince also dropped the N word once, very infamously, on an episode of Raw to John Cena, and did it in front of Booker T and his wife Charmel, who are both decisively black. So that this is Vince McMahon we're talking about here. So I'm going to set the story up and then Dan's going to tell the punchline. So WWE went to PG era programming at one point back in 2008. Somewhere in there. 2010 ish. Yeah. And before one of their pay-per-views, he had a big meeting with everybody to tell them what was happening. And when I say a big meeting, like literally they were in the back of the arena in like, you know, like the big like garage load in areas. And he was at a podium and every single person in the company was sitting there like it was like an auditorium kind of deal. Everybody sitting there. And they have a guy with them who nobody knew who he was yet. He was because what they would do, Eric, is when they were testing out new wrestlers, they'd bring them on tour with them. And then they would go to they would do them at their house shows. They're untelevised events. And they would have these guys wrestle singles matches or tag matches and kind of test them in front of an audience. So if you went to an untelevised event, you would get to see new people. And they're like, all right, we're going to have this guy go out. He's going to have a run. He'll he'll showcase what he can do. And then that way we can get the fans to kind of react to him. And then the agents can kind of see what they can do. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, it's it would be like if you're taking your uh, your triple A ball player and you're like, all right, we're going to bring him up. And on this run of these games, he's going to play with us. He'll be he'll be on the relief set, but we'll put him in for a couple innings, see how he does, and then reevaluate. That's basically what they would do. So nobody knows who this Michael Tarver guy is, but he stands up and casually raises his hand and goes to ask Vince a question about the PG thing. And Vince, in front of everybody, to Michael Tarver, says what, Dan? Excellent question, Shelton. And the whole place erupts into uproarious laughter <laughs> at Vince McMahon confusing his black guys. And Where Sheldon had already not worked there for about a year and a half. Yeah, Sheldon wasn't even there. That's the best <laughs> part about it. But he also famously didn't know he had, made, he had fired Jimmy Yang at one point, too. Yeah, he fired a – there was a really young, good prospect Asian wrestler named Jimmy Yang who was doing a redneck gimmick. He called himself Jimmy Wang Yang. And that was the whole thing was like when he would show up, he'd be like, hey, y'all, I know what you're thinking. I can't be a redneck, but I am. But he was super talented. So even though the gimmick was kind of meh, it got over with fans because people could relate to something like that. You know, here's a guy. He's you're, you expect one stereotype and he's giving you another one. So he appears at this show like backstage visiting his friends and Vince sees backlash him. Oh, 06. Yeah, Vince sees him. He's like, hey, Jimmy Yang, where have you been? I haven't seen you for a while. He's like, 
yeah, you fired me, Vince, like five years ago. (laughs) (laughs) And Vince didn't even realize it. Yeah, Vince is a, the excellent question Shelton story is one of the, the best Vince McMahon stories that's ever been told. And I can just imagine, like, everybody just losing their shit laughing and Vince just standing there confused, like, what was so funny? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old, good old Vinnie Mac. Oh my god, man. Vince yeah, is something else, dude. He, he is. He, that's why I can't wait for this biopic to come out, because I want to know how accurate it's going to be. Um... Other quick stuff I want to touch on. Brett the Hitman Hart, one of my all-time favorites and a childhood hero of mine, appeared on an episode of The Simpsons. Did you know this, Eric? Uh, I think I've heard you mention it before. Yeah. The episode is called The Old Man and the Lisa. It's a season eight episode, and it's when Mr. Burns loses his fortune. He's Because he stopped checking his, his, his little ticker for his stocks. And he's like... He stopped checking it around 1929, so he thought he's been doing great this whole time. And it turns out that, no, uh, the economy crashed and you're actually broke. That's the one where he's uh, trying to be a casual guy in the supermarket and he can't choose between ketchup and catsup. You're here to help me with my ketchup problem? Yes, sir. So while he's selling his mansion, they're moving everything out of the house and Smithers is like escorting him out because he's so weak. Bret Hart shows up to buy the mansion. And he's like, this place has got an old man smell. And Smithers is like, don't listen to him, sir. You have an enchanting aroma. (laughs) What the fuck? I love Smithers. (laughs) And then he's like, he's got like this giant painting. He's like, would it be okay if this old man just takes this one souvenir? And Bret Hart's like, why would I want a picture of a feeble old man? He's like, why indeed? Like all sad. And then they're just like, by the way, you won't be the only wrestler in town. Three doors down is the Screaming Sheik. And he's like, hey, I'll take it. <laughs> That's Bret Hart's big tie into uh, pro wrestling. But they they advertised the shit out of it because they released the WWF magazine with Bret on the cover with posing with Bart Simpson. And Bart's got the sunglasses and the pink singlet and everything. <laughs> when so was they, this? What year was this? Uh, if that was season eight... Uh, let me let me actually look up the exact year. Been Ninety-seven. Then. Yeah, that would have been would have been around that time, right? I'm looking for the old man and the Lisa. Try to see. Yeah, here we go. Uh, um, 1997. Yep, you're right on the money. And then he ends up have, being forced to befriend Lisa to get his fortune back. I feel like I was watching a lot of Simpsons around that time. I must have m- just missed this episode. Maybe. Or maybe I did see it and I just didn't know who it was at the time. You ever seen I, I, ketchup catsup? Do you ever see that meme? Ketchup catsup? Ketchup? No. Catsup and Burns can't choose. It became a meme because then people have like him choosing between three things. It's like the meme with the guy trying to push the button and he doesn't know which one oh, to push. Gotcha. It's the same basic meme. Uh, did you also know that Macho Man Randy Savage appeared on Dexter's Laboratory? No. I love that show, by the way. Dexter's Laboratory is like one of my favorite cartoon shows yeah. growing up. Do you remember the episode? Uh, well, you remember the monkey series, the superhero monkey? Mm, no. If you can remember that. Okay. That was one of the things that they would do was this. The uh, They had the superhero monkey. And the it was it was like Dexter's monkey, but. 
he was ordinary, but then he would have superpowers. Well, this alien comes to Earth and he brings his own Coliseum with him and he says he wants to fight all of Earth's mightiest heroes. The name was Rasslor was the name Rasslor. And they bring in all of the uh, the Justice Friends characters like Major Glory and the Infragable Kronk and Van Halen or Van Halen, I think his name was. And then this monkey just keeps fighting this wrestler voiced by Randy Savage, this alien wrestler, and keeps holding his own. So he decides to spare the planet because of the monkey's heart. Because even though he can't beat him, he he admires his courage and admiration. Because he's like sitting there like trying to just gra- grapple his foot and nothing's happening. And he's just staring at him like, oh, yeah, I'm good. And that's how they end it. Is the oh, monkey wait. Does, like, the cheer. I do remember that episode. Oh, you do remember it now. I do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, for whatever reason, I thought that was like a Powerpuff Girls thing. No, that was Dexter. That was Dexter's lab. Although the Powerpuff Girls did do an episode where Fuzzy Lumpkins and the mayor wrestle each other for control of the city. So there, that, those connections have happened. Uh, yeah, but I, Macho I Man like- Randy Savage provided the voice. And I remember, like, as soon as the thing came up, it was the title of the episode. And then it said, with guest star Randy Macho Man Savage. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I have decided to spare your Earth. And of course, we all know he appeared in Spider-Man. I got you for three minutes. <laughs> Bone saw is ready. I do a terrible Randy Savage, but... Uh, Quick other notes here. We're going to wrap this episode up. We're getting a little long on this episode, and we still got a shit ton of stuff to talk to. So we'll have to invite Dan back and do another crossover. I'm okay with that. You okay with coming back, Dan? No, you guys suck. Oh, all right. Well, uh, as I just cut Dan off. Man, does this show stink. No. (laughs) I'm just going to cut Dan off from the thing. But yeah, we'll do a whole episode based on uh, some of the celebrity cameos that have appeared in wrestling and some of the actual wrestling movies themselves that have existed. Because I really want to talk about Fighting With My Family, the Page biopic that is excellent. And the wrestler itself. Maybe. Uh, And the wrestler itself, the... uh, with uh, Mickey Rourke. Darren Aronofsky. In fact, that movie is how Mickey Rourke got his cast casting in Iron Man 2. He's, he had a career resurgence. Between Sin City, The Wrestler, and Iron Man 2, he kind of came back into the prevalence. Um, and I will talk about, I'll tell the story of being an extra in that movie, which was a lot of fun. Oh, yes. But I do want to mention that Triple H appears in Blade Trinity as a vampire. Who says they fucking ass raped us? Yep. And Edge has had a couple of roles on shows and things like that. He appeared on The Flash. He appeared on Vikings. He's appeared in the Highlander movie. Good old Highlander. That, that was like. Wait, wait, wait. The Highlander movie I thought was like 86 or something. Was he still doing. Was he wrestling then? The wrestling then, but he actually appears in the movie. He's in a Highlander something. He's in, yeah, it's one of the moder- more modern things, I think. I think it's a Duncan movie. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because he's got a couple of TV credits. The Flash, Haven, Vikings, and he's appeared in more than one. I know you watched The Flash. He was Adam Smasher. Yep. He was like in like the first episode of season two or something like that. I'll have Maybe to three. go back and watch. It was the first episode of a new season. You've definitely seen that, Eric, because I know you watched yes, it. Yes, I've definitely seen it. I just have to rewatch it and, and look for him because I wasn't trying to look for a wrestler, you know? I was just right. enjoying the show. 
Highlander Endgame in 2000. Oh. Is where Edge appears. So he so was like, still relatively a newer wrestler. Point. Yeah, he was still he was still coming into his own with the tag team with Christian. Yeah, he was still tagging. So yeah, but yeah, he's been in a couple of things, and uh, we have a lot to talk about. So I'll I'll kind of preview what we're going to talk about next in just a sec here. But let's talk about the fact that Macho Man Randy Savage released a rap album. Yes. Uh, it, mm. Yes. Did you know about this, Eric? Yeah, you mentioned it to me earlier uh, today, but no, I, I didn't know until today, and I am kind of frightened. It's called Be a Man. It's called Be a Man, which is the, the title track. So here's what you need to do, Eric. You need to look up Randy Savage, Be a Man, uh, just the song itself. It is a Hulk Hogan diss track. Because at the time they were feuding, so he released a song where he basically rips on Hulk Hogan for literally everything that was happening at that time. Like, I guess his his father was a famous wrestler and promoter named Angelo Poffo. And I guess Hogan, like, called him to try to, to, try to be like, what's Randy's beef with me? So he puts that in there. He's like, you called up my dad up on the phone, man. You're a punk. And it's like... It's like G-rated rap, though, because even though it's a diss track, he doesn't curse. Like, he doesn't say he's going to kick his ass. He says he's going to kick his butt. It is the weirdest thing ever, but please. It is, like, the nicest way of, of, of insulting him thing. It's like a nice diss track. It's the weirdest fucking thing. But he also calls him gay. <laughs> he does call him gay. I don't, it makes no sense. <laughs> Like, it was meant to sell to kids in the 90s, probably. That That's what it sounds like. No, I don't think it was. That's I, think it, I think this was 04. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, this is like, he wrote it while doing Spider-Man, but it came out after Spider-Man. Yeah, because Hulk Hogan was doing like these AT&T commercials with Alf where he was dressed up like a ballerina. So he disses him for that. And then it's yeah, talking that's, that's about the how- He's like, should have known you had those tendencies. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> He's like, yeah, well, he's like, I, I got myself a feature role in Spider-Man while you're making crap movies. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's a real feature role, Bonesaw McGraw. Bonesaw is ready. Apparently, he's also a th- he also voices a thug in the movie Bolt from Disney. I Does was not have? aware of that until I pulled up Randy Savage's filmography here. I got to look up. Let's see. Yeah, he's a uh, he's been he's actually provided his voice to a couple of things. He's been on King of the Hill. He's mm-hmm. been on he's been on Mad About You, Walker Texas Ranger, The Weird Al Show, Space Ghost. He voices Space Ghost Grandfather. I have to find this episode now. <laughs> I did not know that that was a thing. Oh my god, he's on Mad About You. Yeah, I guess Randy Savage was actually doing some stuff until he sadly passed away in 2011 from that heart attack car accident do you know about that eric uh i knew that he like passed away i didn't know what happened i remember where i was and what i was doing he had a heart attack behind the wheel of his jeep in tampa and crashed into a tree and it was a combination of both the heart attack and the car accident that killed him because they've said that if it was just one or the other he probably would have been okay. It would have been a survivable car accident. And if he had gotten treatment instead of being driving, he would have survived the heart attack. But because both things happened, it's what killed him. 
it's a really dismal story to think about. So Man, that's I funny. was at home listening to the very first episode of when the Smodcast folks and you know, Kevin Smith and his friends started their little radio show stuff. It was the very first day of that, and I was listening to that, and I found out from Kevin Smith that Machka Man died. Oh, that's so sad. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of stories of some of these wrestlers dying young and having unfortunate, all the unfortunate stuff, but man, like, that's that's one of those ones that kind of hits me. It's kind of like when the Ultimate Warrior passed away, because he had just appeared on, he had just reconciled with Vince McMahon, he got into the Hall of Fame. He appeared on Monday Night Raw, and less than 24 hours after he was on Raw, he had passed away. And he must have known he was sick, because if you go back and watch that Raw, the speech he gives almost sounds like he's giving a eulogy for himself. Hmm. So. And he didn't even, I don't even think he made it home. No, I don't. He back to Arizona, and I think it was like he was getting in or out of the car and died. It was so friggin' yeah, it, a lot of dismal stuff, but we won't talk about that stuff here because we want to talk about the fun stuff. But so what we're gonna do here, because we we ran we ran long, is Dan, we're gonna have you back. We're gonna do a second crossover. We'll focus more on wrestling related films. We can talk about the wrestler fighting with my family. We can talk about Ready to Rumble. I'll talk about that. Um Oh yeah, Randy Savage was on episode of Family Guy. I don't know if he did his own voice, but like Peter was trying to clean, cheer up Cleveland, so he brought him to a wrestling show. And Randy Savage was dissing people in the crowd. And he's like, doesn't that make you so mad? No. Well, don't you want to just hit him? No. Well, yeah, he's kind of big. Don't you want to hit the guy next to you? No. Well, don't you want to hit the guy's son? And then Peter punches out like a nine-year-old and goes, yeah, take that much, man, Randy Savage. <laughs> and there was a full Simpsons episode where we discovered that Grandpa was a big wrestler back in the 50s. Basically, they take the Gorgeous George story and turn it into, I think it's like Glorious Grandpa or something like that. Or Glorious Godfrey or something like that. And Bart actually has a tag team match with him to take on Mr. Burns, who was, Mr. Burns loved being a villain, because Mr. Burns is a villain. And he even sings a classic Simpsons song about how villainy is great and mentions other villains in history, such as Megatron, Voldemort, and my personal favorite, Eric Cartman. (laughs) Who the Simpsons totally acknowledges is the villain of South Park. <laughs> uh, we can talk about the WWE films themselves. We'll talk about the South Park episode. I need more time to talk about that. Uh, WTF. Yeah, WTF. The World Takedown Federation. And we'll talk about some of the great cameos in wrestling and the not-so-great ones, like how Billy Corgan as Smashing Pumpkins has a controlling ownership in the NWA. Uh, we'll talk about David Arquette infamously winning the WCW title and how he tried to be a good guy about it. We can talk about Kevin Federline wrestling John Cena on the first Raw of the new year. We talk about the Muppets hosting Monday Night Raw and how much fun that was. Seth Green, Bob Barker all did great jobs. We'll talk about Mr. T appearing at WrestleMania in a tag team match with Hulk Hogan and a very bad boxing match with Roddy Piper. We could talk about Dennis Rodman and Carl Malone wrestling and Jay Leno wrestling. Oh, we got we could talk about the Kiss Demon, a wrestler created by the band Kiss, and how much of a failure that was. And we'll talk about some of the we could talk about the battle of the billionaires between Vince McMahon and Donald Trump when Vince got his head shaved. Arnold Schwarzenegger inducting Bruno San Martino into the Hall of Fame, and I was there for that. 
and Jonathan Taylor Thomas playing chess with Bob Backlund. There's all kinds of stuff we can talk about. A huge list, including Hugh Jackman, mm-hmm. who was an actual fan and was really into the, his guest appearance and did a great job. So we'll do we'll do another crossover with Dan coming up here. And next week, we have one more crossover we're going to do with our our show, Real Paranormal Talk with Jeff Trelowitz. We're going to do aliens and cryptids and stuff like that in media as a crossover. That will be next week on The Nerd Table. Dan, thank you very much for coming to The Nerd Table and joining us here. We hope you had fun. Uh, I did not. Um, and you will never be invited back. No. <laughs> That's it. That's it. You're nope. You're that's it. You're done. Cut him off. <laughs> but yes. Uh, and to everybody who listened to this episode, we hope that this was at least entertaining for you guys who don't have a lot of wrestling knowledge. I tried not to get too insidey. I don't think Dan did either. But if you have any additional questions or something you'd like us to touch on the next time we do this crossover, let us know if there's something I missed that you want to hear about. Um, everybody hungry? Because I'm hungry. Yes, I'm always hungry. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that's how we're gonna add every nerd table now. Is we're gonna go from the nerd table to the lunch table. <laughs> we're all gonna well, get us some food. It is time for lunch. All right, uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Dan, thanks for uh, showing up again. Yep, thanks for having me. See you guys next time. Take care. For more great content like this, be sure to check out CKCC Radio and subscribe to never miss an episode.